Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. Glenn Lenny believes that if you can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact in their life. We've got some great speakers today, starting with an interview with Kevin Dabrowski, who's helping service-based entrepreneurs instantly raise their prices, 73 to 900% without guilt or greed. Danelle Delgado has a segment this morning along with Trevor Houston, Amanda Dahl, Jory Farley, and so many more champions all at this breakfast table. So pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. Take them out to the park and dissect them. That's kind of a weird little thing I did as a kid for quite a while, clandestinely. Um, and I think like millions of us, I was obsessed with Lego also as a little kid. So Lego was your thing and ripping the wings off of grasshoppers, right? And legs. And legs. <laughs> Dissecting brain. Dissecting brain. A little insect neurobiologist, maybe. I don't know. See, and right out the I gate. I feel we're bad learning. for Danielle there with the butterfly PTR. Look here he is. <laughs> That's right. See, we're learning so much about you, Kevin. Right out the gate. You are there you go. Insect dissector. All right. Some, <laughs> something you did not know you'd be sharing with us um, today. Uh, but Kevin is also uh, an entrepreneur and he helps other entrepreneurs. He helps people with small businesses, even even large businesses. He helps them really kind of get over the limiting beliefs that they may have about what their value is, about what they're worth, about how they can uh, deliver a product and helps people really raise their prices. And he has some incredible stories uh, in his own life of, 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 of these experiences, right? These off the wall uh, uh, kind of things that just go against the grain. And Kevin, that's one of the things that we were talking about this morning is how interesting it is that our children are when we are children right when we are children we have these we don't have these limits we don't have these belief systems it's all stuff that's taught and that's learned and so i'm excited to kind of take the conversation around a little bit just to give people a little bit of context uh, i spent some time over on your website and whatnot and i know that at one point you had a book that was selling for like ten thousand dollars a copy, right? Like a $25 yeah. book. Talk to us a little bit about that, Kevin. Tell me about that experience. Yeah. So the book was called The Whale Vomit Method. And uh, the second edition of that book is still, it's, it's available on Amazon right now. But when I wrote that book in 2013, uh, the book, the, the express purpose of the book was to show you how to, like the fastest, easiest way to raise your prices and still be a good person. And it used this metaphor of sperm whale vomit. And uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with ambergris, which is the technical word for sperm whale vomit, but basically it's this incredibly valuable, incredibly rare, highly specialized substance that's used by the perfume perfumery industry um, as a fixative. And I, when I decom, uh, deconstructed this substance, I discovered that those, those three elements, so the fact that it's highly relevant, it's different in its value proposition, and it's incredible rare led to it also being insanely expensive. 
And sperm whale vomit sells on the open market right now for six to $9,000 a pound. And there was actually a news item, I think about 10 days ago, of some fishermen in the third world. They came across a giant beach sperm whale and they slid it open and they found one and a half million dollars worth of sperm whale vomit inside that changed their life. So anyway, this book was is, is kind of weird, <laughs> but also really effective. And after about a year of the book being out in the market, I realized that I wanted to upgrade the book. And I wanted to release the second edition. So I pulled the supply of the book. And like you said, it was selling for like 25 bucks on Amazon. But because there was so much latent demand, <laughs> the existing supply of the book suddenly became wildly desired and sought after. And over the course of about nine months, uh, the demand was so significant that Amazon actually was listing my book for $10,000, $9,999. That's what the resellers were selling it for, uh, only because there was a limited supply left. Uh, so it's pretty funny that my book about sperm whale vomit that weighed one pound was actually selling for the price of sperm whale vomit for a little while there until the second edition came out. <laughs> Kevin, that's an incredible, that's an incredible story. And there is so much that we can learn from that. I like how you identified relevant, different and rare. So are you of the belief system that those three things are like the key to like the key equation to a really successful business or is there more to it than that i believe they're the key equation to a profitable business because when you look at every vertical in the world any vertical like i know you're a car guy if you study the most expensive cars for sale in the world you will see that they follow that pattern. They are highly relevant to the unique needs of that buying segment. They're absolutely definitively unique. And there is uh, some scarcity built in by the manufacturers or the distributors of those cars. But it isn't just cars, it's condos, it's watches, it's high heels, it's sweaters, it's underwear, it's everything. The most expensive things in every vertical follow that pattern, relevant, unique, and rare relevant unique and rare and we definitely are experiencing that in the auto world right now with the uh with the with that shortage so that's a that's a that's a great um that's a that, that's a great point and i think it's really interesting do you think kevin that that's part of the reason the like personal brands have kind of taken off in today's day and age because obviously everybody's different and we each have a, a scarcity and a, a rare aspect to us you know whether we're relevant or not i guess that <laughs> that could be weighed on on either side but do you think that's really feeding into this this seemingly uh surge of personal brands or do you think it's something else that's a great question to the extent that we allow ourselves to step into our authentic selves yes for those of us who you know are just trying to look and sound and feel like other people then we fail to tap into that opportunity that's kind of been gifted to us genetically like you said we all have this beautiful uh, uniqueness about us that if we own can lead to 
definitely a high value proposition. But as you said, <laughs> relevance is a moving target and uh, one man's treasure is another man's trash. So, uh, yeah, we will. The more we can be that person, be ourselves, basically, and own it, even with the language we use, which we can get we can get into as well. Uh, I think the more the personal brand is valuable and monetizable. Yes, indeed. So let's do that. Let's talk about that. You said we can get into that a little bit more as far as language. Like you are obsessed with with words and 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 language, uh, you know, over over overall. So talk to us about that obsession. Why is it so important? I guess I, everyone probably knows why words are important. But take us to the next level. How important are the words that we speak the words that we write how important is that to our to our overall success yeah like you said glenn um i mean i know that your audience is very advanced when it comes to this growth path um, so the words we speak truly do become reality they define and create reality but in the context of communicating to the market that there's something special in their midst, uh, especially around differentiation. I would actually love to share three words that we must use to let the market know that there's something special happening with our stuff, whether it's a service or product or morning show or clubhouse or Facebook group or whatever. Um, so if anybody, yeah, if you guys are listening and you have a pen nearby or a note taking app, and if you remember nothing else from this conversation, please remember this. There are three words you must use in your messaging to let the market know there's something different happening with you. The words are most, only, and est. Most, only, and est. And est, of course, is a suffix that goes at the end of a word. You know, biggest, smallest, brawniest, brashiest fastest, etc. And when you, again, pull apart the most expensive items, I just use the word most, interestingly enough, uh, in any vertical, you will see these words used. And actually, Glenn, do you mind if I use your, your work as a little bit of an example? Man, yeah, please, Kevin, go right ahead. Okay, cool. So yeah, I was doing a little bit of creeping on your work as well. And uh, I found your 800% club. And almost out of the gate with the 800% Club, here's what you say on your website. Glenn Lundy is the only person in the world that grew a dealership 800% in five years, from 120 cars a month to 1,000 a month in a small town of 9,600 people and is willing to tell you how he did it. Right? Only. Yes, sir. And on your, on your website, you also talk about your Facebook group. And you say fastest growing group on Facebook, you know, fastest. And I'd just like to um, share one more example. In 2007, Apple uh, released the iPhone. And in the 14 years since Apple released the iPhone, do you know how much money Apple has sold? in terms of just gross sales in that 14 year period? What's your guess? Oh my gosh, Kevin, I have no idea. A billion. What do you think? Trillions. <laughs> okay, so those are very two very different numbers. You gotta pick one, just play my game a little bit. Okay. How much do you, how much total sales, all products? 
total sales years. all products over 14 years i'm gonna go with um 8.754 trillion that's a good guess thank you for playing thank you for playing so i only have the data for the first 13 years up to 2020 but up to 2020 between 2007 2020 apple sold two trillion dollars worth of stuff but what is particularly interesting about that is that one trillion of the two trillion was one product and that one product was the iphone is the iphone and if you go to apple.com anybody again listening right now and you just click on iphone and then you click on learn more and you scroll down the sales page for the iPhone, you will see the most only and est out the wazoo. So it's interesting that it works for trillion dollar products and it works for 800% clubs. It works for anything in the world. Most only est signals to the market that there's something remarkable happening right in front of us. Yeah, Kevin, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, you're 100% right. <laughs> you are 100% right. That's powerful. So how can we take these? All right, so I get people that come to me all uh, often, not, not all the time, but people that come to me often, they're entrepreneurs, they're thinking about doing their own thing, and they really don't know you know, where to, where to price this stuff. And so if they have something that's relevant, different and rare, and they know to use the words most only and est, what are some of the common mistakes that people are still making when it comes to the pricing of their products? And how can we shift that a little bit so that we can all become more profitable? Because Kevin, in this room right here, I know that the people that are in this room, as they make more money, they're going to go out and make bigger impact. So it's really important to me that everyone in this room is like financially big time. It's really important. So if you could help with that, what are some of the mistakes people are making when it comes to pricing of their products? And what are some of the steps that we could maybe take to increase those prices so we could be more profitable? Such an important question. Yeah, so I just want to give everybody, first of all, credit and and honor and respect for the fact that we are never taught this stuff. You know, we dive into our work, like you said, Glenn, because we want to make a difference. We want to make a dent in the world because we love the people that we serve. And we never stop to go, how can we optimize our income earning potential to increase our, our impact? Uh, so because of that, we tend to default to seven most common mistakes and doing this work for years i can assure you that these seven pop up with 99 percent of us as entrepreneurs so <clears throat> the seven actually comprise an acronym timid af so t-i-m-i-d-a-f <laughs> so if you guys are taking notes just write that word timid af vertically down the left side of your journal or whatever you're doing on your note-taking app and we'll quickly dive into them is that okay glenn we go into those seven yes please i'd greatly appreciate it 
Okay, cool. So again, these are the seven most common mistakes. They happen all day, every day. And with my clients, usually three or four of them are happening. So I would love to hear your thoughts around, uh, and even the thoughts of those in the room, if they'd like to share which ones are affecting them, but let's dive right in. So the T in timid AF stands for time. Pricing based on time. This is the most common mistake that we, especially as service-based entrepreneurs make. And I blame Benjamin Franklin for this because <laughs> he's the guy that said time is money. You know, so long ago, a little over a couple hundred years ago. And he couldn't have been more wrong. Time is not money. Time is life. But the beautiful thing about money is that you can purchase more time for yourself. Your client does not care how much time it takes you to help them achieve the result. All they care about is what they get. And whenever we, we charge based on time, we're artificially limiting our income earning potential. So if you've ever heard yourself say something like, well, I just want to make $300 an hour or I'm worth $300 an hour. Well, that's Benjamin getting inside your head. And that is a mistake that's messing with your ability to effectively price your stuff. Come on. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Any thoughts on that before we move on? Well, Absolutely. As soon as you said it, it made me think, um, you know, like, uh, for example, uh, 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 if I've got a leak, you know, at my house and I got I got to call a plumber and he comes over and he fix that thing, fix that, fixes that thing in two seconds because he knows how to do it. And he's got the right tool. He fixes it, fixes it in two seconds and then charges me you know, 600 bucks. Like, I don't care that it only took him two seconds. All I care about is the result. Right. So that was the first thing that popped in my head as you were talking about that. Yeah, exactly. In fact, Len, if you could choose, would you prefer that he spend 60 minutes at your house or two seconds in your house disturbing and messing with your family? Get on out of there, bro. Like two seconds and in and out. Let's go. Exactly. So let's just apply that to especially the coaches, the consultants and the subject matter experts in the room. If you guys ever find yourself falling into the trap of offering 12 sessions of, of one hour a week, you know, for three months, then you have been sucked into this mentality. If you're a powerful coach or consultant and you have the ability to have a life changing conversation with somebody in 12 minutes instead of 60 minutes, I guarantee they would rather you get it done in 12 minutes. So here's just a little advanced hack. Again, if you're a, a coach, a consultant, or some sort of subject matter expert, if ever you're putting together a proposal that includes uh, a consultation component, and maybe you've even crafted and diagnosed this, let's just say a, a, a four session engagement. And maybe in the past you've said, you know, four hours for X amount of dollars. All you need to do is stipulate that each of the sessions is gonna be four of them, and you determine, you know, the cadence of them. But each of those sessions will range from 12 minutes to 60 minutes, depending on your progress to date and the needs of that session. And all that will do is upfront, let the client know, oh man, okay. Like she is not messing around. She is the real deal. 
And by the way, that's something else that happens when you step into that is you let the market know this is this is the expert you've been looking for. So that's a, a incredible little kind of serendipitous leap that we make when we step into step into that one. I love it, Kevin. I love it. Keep going. All right. Well, let's dive in. Let's go back to this acronym, Timid AF. Um, the first I stands for internal costs. Internal costs. So if you've ever caught yourself pricing your services based on how much you have to spend to help them achieve the outcome they hired you for, then this has also messed with your ability to effectively price. And this, this, is, this shows up most often when we get access to something on our end for next to nothing or for free. So for example, you know, um, I, I had a client last year come to me, he's a podcaster and he was putting so much effort into his podcast and he was already having sponsors, uh, you know, it's, uh, what's the word? I support his podcast and investing in his podcast as a lead generation tool. And um, I said to him, why do you charge what you charge? And I like to actually add that question. That's the way we illuminate what we're actually, what's actually happening with our pricing. How did we come up with our current pricing is one of the most powerful questions I can ever ask you. You know, why do you charge what you charge? And maybe Glenn, you can think about whether or not you want me to ask you that question later on in this, <laughs> in this conversation, because I would love to get that one out of you as well. But, yes, uh, <laughs> okay, beautiful. But um, he said, well, it doesn't cost me anything else to offer the sponsorship. So the fact that he was, he was getting 500 bucks an episode when he came to me. And he said, it doesn't, it doesn't cost me anything. Like it's already happening. Like his VAs produce it and they make it all pretty and nice and beautiful and it gets promoted. So this is, this is what internal costs look like when, when our costs or our, our financial strain is negligible. We tend to wildly underprice the thing that we have. Um, anyway, so I was able to help him work through that and overcome that. That's just an example of what that looks like. An example of, of companies that overcome that effectively are bottled water and telecom. Bottled water, this is a crazy thing. If you go to the grocery store in your local city or town, you'll notice that one third, at least one third of the bottled water sold at the grocery store is from municipal sources, which is a fancy way of saying tap water. And they sell it for, you know, a dollar, dollar fifty a bottle. Or if you buy a 24 pack, it's like, you know, 25, 30 cents a bottle, whatever. Uh, bottled water from municipal sources is approximately marked up about 10,000%. And roaming rates from your favorite telecom provider are marked like when you go, to, like, like I'm in Toronto, if you guys go to Canada on vacation, or if you're in Canada and you go to Australia or, or the US or whatever, uh, roaming rates are marked up about 14,000% by telecom companies. So they've, they've found a way to let go of internal cost. So that's a huge mistake that we make as entrepreneurs is that we allow that to dictate the prices that we set. 
any thoughts on that before we move on to the end? No, I love it, man. Makes 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 total sense. Okay, cool. And please let me know if I'm going too slow or too fast with this stuff as well. Because I can talk about all these things for way too long, probably. <laughs> well, Kevin, I think that um, this is incredibly valuable information. I want to make sure we capture uh, it all. We do have another interview coming up behind you so but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go over you and i are gonna i, I only had you tell seven but we're gonna go a little bit over because this stuff's super super important so uh i guess overall uh, yeah let's make sure we get it let's go okay i apologize for the seven o'clock thing i wasn't cluing into that no, okay. no, 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 no apologies necessary, sir. <laughs> all right so the m let's move into the m the m stands for market rates which is another way of saying the competition. Um, what the competition charges is irrelevant to what we can charge the market, except in a situation where we're selling exactly what the, comp what the competition is selling. And if you're a service-based entrepreneur that's heart-centered and impact-driven, then I think we both know that you are not selling exactly what your competitors are selling. So again, because of that, you are artificially limiting your income earning potential. So um, say, that, second, say that one more time. So if, for, if it's the exact, say that again. I want to I make sure I understand this. Yeah, yeah. So apples to apples, right? Yeah, if it's so, the exact same product, then we need to pay attention to the competition. But if it's even slightly different, then who cares? Exactly. So, I mean, if there, if Glenn, if you were not the only person in the world that grew your dealership 800% in five years, right? From 120 to a thousand a month. If there were like 10 of you that had done that in small towns, you know, or willing to teach how you did it, and they all had eight kids, and they all had your charisma and your like megawatt smile, and they all had the same, you know, rise and grind heart and servant heart, and everything else about them was identical then yeah, you have to actually notice, like pay attention to what they're doing. But that's not the situation with Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five. Five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. So, yeah, totally, totally get that. That makes sense. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, cool. Pleasure. Let's dive into the second die of Timid AF. Second die stands for insecurities. Insecurities. So this comes up a lot with us, especially when we are new in a vertical. So if we switch industries and uh, we're just trying to, you know, quote unquote, get our feet wet, get our first clients under our belt. And if we ever hear ourselves say something like, eventually I'm going to charge X, then insecurities have messed with our head. Um, the market again, doesn't care. All they care about is what they get for their investment. And I, I have case study after case study to prove how that like how that works when we're able to let go of and overcome insecurities. 
So that's the fourth mistake. The fifth mistake, the D, is desired profit. That's what that stands for, desired profit. So that is when we have this idea in our head that we have to add, let's just say, 38% on top of whatever you know, we sell. Or if we have some guys working for us, if we have a team or a crew, you know, we might say, we might say to ourselves, you know what, every time the crew goes out, I need to make 500 bucks. So again, that's an artificial limitation that we're placing on our ability to price effectively. And lastly, with the A and the F of the acronym, um, these are incredibly important as well. The A stands for assumptions. Assumptions about the spending capacity of our ideal client. And I can't tell you how many times, Glenn, I've heard a client say to me, Kevin, you know what, man, I'd love to charge more, but my market is cheap. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and uh, the reality, of course, is that every one of us is cheap. Every one of us cheap is cheap. Glenn, you're cheap too. I'm cheap. And the difference is that we're cheap about the stuff. We're, we're cheap about different stuff. Like there are some things we spend a lot of money on and some things we don't. And is that is that true of you, Glenn? Or being oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No. <laughs> exactly. So, I just spent I mean, $500 on a pair of shoes a couple of weeks ago, bro. There you go. There you, you go. Now, give me an example, Glenn, of something that you don't ever spend big money on, no matter, like, give me something you're cheap about. Uh, I think I'm, what am I cheap about? Uh, there's lots of things I don't buy for my, very rarely do I buy things for myself. Like, they're really the only things I, you know what, I'm cheap on my watches. There like, you go. I, I, I like a good looking watch, but. I'm a fossil dude. I don't care about the Rolex and all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm out. Can you PTR your shoes though? Those five hundred dollars shoes. <laughs> Not at the moment, but I will. I will. <laughs> there you go. So all of us, yeah, all of our clients are like that. So that, again, this comes back to relevance. Our goal then is to find people that obsess in the direction of the relevance of our value proposition. And to let go of the rest, let the rest be as they live their life. Yeah, but it's incredible what people will spend when they resonate with our value proposition. So again, we'll just we'll leave it at that and we'll move on to the last letter of the acronym. The last letter, which I believe is actually the biggest factor when it comes to our pricing being way too low for the people in this room. And that is fairness. The F stands for fairness. Because none of us want to act like greedy, money-hungry jerks. None of us do. And we fall into this trap of thinking that a price raise over and above where we're at right now is greedy and exploitative. And that is, yeah, the biggest thing that I encounter in my work is helping people overcome this green-eyed monster and recontextualize the value and the gifts that they're bringing into the world. So that's the, that's the seven mistakes, the seven most common mistakes, which spell that acronym TIMID AF. And if you guys miss some of them, you can just go to my profile and screenshot my profile, my bio. It'll teach you all, it'll show you all those seven in one snapshot as well. 
But that being said, I would love to add, Glenn, just one more little detail around um, mistakes, because the most the worst advice that we ever hear when it comes to pricing is our favorite thing to believe. I'm just going to repeat that because it sounds weird. The worst advice that all of us in this room right now hear, I think we hear it a hundred times a day. And we hear it in the rooms that we're in. We hear it on the TV shows we watch. We hear it from the experts. It's the worst advice. And yet it's our favorite thing to believe. And here it is. Um, you're worth it. You're worth it. And I want to just speak to that for a moment. Um, the only people in history who have ever attempted to quantify the worth of another person are slave traders and human traffickers. We as humans are priceless, aren't we? Priceless. Come on. Right? So this has nothing, I mean, how do you quantify that? It's impossible. You know, the most expensive, in my book, The Whale Vomit Method, I talk about Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, so he's the actor that plays James Bond right now anyway. Um, he was recently paid by Range Rover $8.5 million an hour for a promotional spot. Daniel Craig is not worth $8 million an hour. Glenn, you're not worth $8 million an hour. You're not even worth $100 million an hour. You are priceless. Every one of us is priceless. When it comes to pricing our services, it has nothing to do with what we're worth. It only has to do with what the customer gets, what our service or product is worth, not our own worth, which is the most common mistake. It's, it's not the most common, but a massive problem that we have to overcome regularly. Kevin, dude, you're like, the smartest human I've ever had a conversation with in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> you need to meet more people, dude. You need to meet more people, Glenn. I'm just, I mean, I, 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 there's a lot of really smart people. You just, wow. That is wow. There is so much to what you just delivered in the last 15 minutes, like you talked about, right? Uh, folks, you know, you found the right one when they can deliver value like that in 15 minutes and then the way you brought it around and and the the you're worth it and we are ultimately priceless just like hit me right in the the soul bro you just hit me right in the soul good to hear man oh man i want to talk to you for days um Okay, so real quick, and then and then we're gonna and then we're gonna well, I can't do real quick. It's probably not real quick. All right, you and I need to schedule more time, Kevin. That's what needs to happen. We need to schedule more time because I want to know how do we. So these are the biggest mistakes that people make, but I, now I want to know how do we fix them, right? How do we how do we solve some of these things? What are the what are the what are the quickest ways? Some practical application type stuff, but I'm assuming that's a whole other conversation unless you have a, a, a quick fix which you know i'm not expecting you to but <laughs> yeah i don't have a quick fix i don't yeah that but that is the next step exactly I, and i want to add one thing that perhaps is, is a semblance of a quick fix 
And that is that for those of us who are a little bit more advanced, I'm going to put you in that category, Glenn, because we just use you as a case study, right? I mean, you re you're using this empowering, differentiating language, fastest growing Facebook group, only man in the world that has pulled off this crazy thing, 800% club. Um, a lot of us have achieved that level of clarity. So we have clarified our value proposition, but we have not quantified our value proposition. And that's an important distinction. So yeah, keep that's, that's um, something to be aware of for all of us. And when we do, even if we are clear on what makes us unique, we still haven't connected the dot as to how to effectively price that gift for the world uh, based on what the client is actually experiencing and benefiting. So yeah, next conversation, next conversation. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta talk. We gotta talk. And if it's, if it's not here, I'm going to go and schedule an appointment on your website and, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a, a, a talk there. Uh, Cause you're really speaking to me today. Obviously I'm, Three years, not obviously, but I am three years into my entrepreneurial journey. And we are in a season right now where we're really trying to, uh, we are very clear on what we do and how we do it, but we're trying to clarify, you know, these types of things. We want to know, um, you know, what it, what it, what is the best result that we can get for our consumer and what is that worth to them? And so we're asking those questions right now. So this stuff really resonates. And I know there's other people in the room that probably feel the same way. Go ahead and flash your mics if you would, if you are with me on this, that uh, Kevin's got you all up in your feels today. Outstanding. That was awesome. Wow. <laughs> Life-changing. Incredible stuff. Hey, uh, do me a favor. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow Kevin uh, right now here on Clubhouse. And we're going to we're going to get him back. We're going to get him back for more um, at some point. I'm going to have the team work with his team and we'll get him back for some more. But follow him here on Clubhouse. And Kevin, where else? What is the best way? I want them to be able to reach you, contact you, ask questions, uh, hire you if they need you. What is is, is, is the best thing just to go to the uh Kevin Dabrowski website, or what is the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, the best way is to go to provenprofitintensive.com. Provenprofitintensive.com. And that, that link is in my bio here on Clubhouse. And I have an event actually next Wednesday, a half day virtual event that guarantees but at the end of that half day, you'll have everything you need to raise your prices 73% at least instantly or money back. And I've actually set up, I took the liberty of setting up a little coupon code um, for your listeners. You did. So yes. I did. Come yes. on, bring it. <laughs> so if you type in the coupon code breakfast. I thought to celebrate the fact that your club just reached 71K members. Congratulations, hey, by the way. Thank that you. I give, yeah, I'm offering anybody here in this room $71 off my event next Wednesday if you use the coupon code BREAKFAST. And that code expires tomorrow. So just as a heads up. All if right. it resonates and speaks to you, they use the coupon code. Yeah. And we sign up at the... Um that website that you just gave us? That's right. 
Okay, cool. So here's the steps, folks. You first follow Kevin on Clubhouse. That's step one. Step two is if you feel like this can help you, benefit you, it's time to invest in yourself so that you can make more money, so that you can go out and make a bigger impact, right? That's what we do in this room. That's what we're called to do. Make more, give more, impact more. So if this is resonating with you, step one, follow Kevin. Step two, and blow him up today, by the way. Step two, go to the website. Step three, sign up for the half day next Wednesday. Use the code BREAKFAST to save yourself $71. And he's guaranteeing you half day event, and he's guaranteeing you your money back if he doesn't increase your sales, seven, your, not your sales, but your uh, profits 73%, right? Beautiful. Actually, actually Glenn, I want to I, I just clarify something. I'm not actually guaranteeing we increase your profit 73%. I'm saying your prices got it. 73. So your profits might increase 200%. Right. Got it. Beautiful. Right? Yeah. Yes. Even better. Even better. <laughs> so that's step one, step two, step three. Go ahead and do that right now. Breakfast with champion peeps. And with that said, we are going to raise your hands and, and flash those mics. We're going to give Mr. Kevin a standing ovation and clap and cheer for, thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us here on Breakfast with Champions today. It's been really, really powerful, really impactful. I love what you bring to the table. I hope you'll come back and see us again. Uh, we would absolutely love that as well. And uh, you, sir, are a gentleman and a scholar, and it is a, an honor and a privilege to meet you. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for the warmth. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With that said, I am going to be passing the torch. This is Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club. Your opportunity to get a seat at the table with a guy like Kevin Dabrowski. You got to have breakfast with him today. Got to listen in, be a fly on the wall with some of the greatest strategies that we're using in businesses all around the world to be able to get ahead, to be able to make an impact, to be able to leave our mark. So, Know that we are here Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Saturdays from 6 to noon. Sundays, the Fabulous Club 111. And we would love for you to hit that plus sign in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen because we're just getting going. Next on the mic is going to be Liza Myers-Borches, who owns the Carter Myers Automotive Group in Virginia. And my friend, Joy Farley, the friend collector, real estate agent out of North Carolina. They've also got a special guest with them today who's a dear friend of mine. Super excited for you to meet him uh, after them trevor houston will be having his game show where you can win a 30 minute segment here on breakfast with champions and then of course the one and only danelle delgado is going to be bringing it a little bit later today she has been nominated for a clubby even though she's on the app one hour a week, she got nominated for dropping the best content on all of Clubhouse. So she will be here. She's, uh, as Kevin would say, she's the only one to be on the app only an hour a week and to be nominated for best content. And she is the 
best with an EST at the end. So make sure you join us for that at nine o'clock with Janelle Delgado. And then we'll close the day with Chris Winfield and Jen Gottlieb, who are experts at are getting you in the media, getting you on TV, all of those incredible things and just a power couple uh, here in the world. And of course, here on Clubhouse. So hit the plus sign bottom right hand corner of your screen. Thank you again, Kevin. This has been absolutely incredible. And with that said, I'm going to hand the mic over to Liza and Miss Joy. The mic is yours. Thank you, Glenn. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Breakfast of Champions. Good morning, Joy. Good morning, love. I love your picture there with Scott Simons, and I absolutely love that you all were able to connect offline this weekend. It was the best. And he was like, dang, girl, you are way taller than I thought. So I had to, <laughs> you know, make this picture happen to make sure you just as well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Kevin and Glenn, thank you for the incredible segment uh, this morning. I was taking notes furiously. Kevin, already been on your website, and we are just so appreciative of the information you shared, and I can't wait for the follow-up. So uh, good morning. Um, last week, Joy and I hosted an hour last Tuesday on purposeful parenting, and it was a topic that had bubbled up from uh, this whole breakfast table. You all had shared with us one of their topics you wanted to make sure that we brought to the breakfast table. And it was interesting, Joy, we, we opened up for purposeful parenting and immediately had a lot of, I, I won't call them experts because that's not uh, what they are or what they want to be portrayed as, but a lot of moms uh, who have put together uh, the mom link, that uh, America's super mom, all these different groups about parenting. And we welcomed Camille Joy, Gina Skelton, and Lachelle, who is America's super mom. But what was interesting about it was when we opened up this topic on purposeful parenting, um, the immediate people who, who we gravitated to bring on were a lot of moms. And what was amazing to me, even as I was helping to put together the segment, it was very obvious that we needed to hear from the men. And that that parenting is, there are two parents involved with every child. There is a mom and there is a dad, typically. Not always, I should say. But typically there is a mom and a dad. And, um, and last week we had an incredible conversation with some moms who gave us fantastic uh, I would say, pieces of wisdom to walk away with. One of the things that Gina Skelton shared with us was about juggling balls, how some of the balls that we juggle are glass and some are plastic and knowing the difference is critical. Which are the balls that we can drop and pick right back up? Which balls are going to shatter if we drop? And so understanding how to prioritize as a parent, as a business owner, as probably even more in our life than just those two hats that we wear. Uh, we also talked a bit uh, with Camille Joy about how to break repetitive patterns those systemic social issues that so often as parents we unconsciously pass on to our children and how do we as parents break some of those systemic issues and then we also uh, shared at the end I think this was with Lachelle where we talked about life with detours and how picture perfect is not reality and what I loved about these women was that none of them claimed to be experts none of them claimed to have it all together they had some incredible stories one of them sharing that she had four children by the age of 21 and um, so these were these were these were real stories, real women, real parents um, that have been trying to do it all and succeeding in doing it all. But here's the question Gina brought to us. She said, why do people always ask women 
how do you do it all? How do you be a mom and an entrepreneur or a business leader? How do you uh, give back to your community and do all of these things at once? But for some reason, we don't ask that to the dads. And I have to tell you, there are dads out here um, who are absolutely doing it all. And, and they're doing it by taking on challenges. It's not easy for them either. But we have some incredible men who join our breakfast table every single morning and incredible men in our lives uh, who, are, who are dads, who are business leaders, and also take on so many other things in life. And so today, it is fitting that, that Sunday is Father's Day. So we really wanted to um, take this next 45 minutes and talk about the idea of purposeful parenting from a dad's perspective. And we invited our um, incredible friend, David Long, to join us in this conversation. David got up at 4 a.m. Uh, on the West Coast, or probably even well before 4 a.m., to be able to join us. And David is not only a, a dad and a grandfather, he is in the auto industry with me, and I am incredibly lucky to have connected with him. He is a platform manager for a large auto group. Um, he is also the founder of the Pandemic of Positivity, with which Joy and I both are, are honored to be a part of and helping to lead that group, uh, which ultimately is a movement about filling the world with more positivity, kindness, love, and compassion. And what I learned after last week was that David became a single dad when his daughter was three days old. And this isn't a story that he necessarily has shared a lot. I did not know this about him, but I was very honored he was willing to open up to me and, and honored that he was willing to join us this morning, share his story, and then we'll, we'll lead into a dialogue and further discussion about what it means to be a dad who does it all and can do it all. So David, welcome to Breakfast with Champions this morning. Good morning, Liza and Joy and Glenn. Thanks for having me in your space. Glad to be here. I am ready. We would love, I would love to just kick off this segment with you sharing us a little bit about the story of how did you become a single dad when your daughter was three days old? And then just kind of walk us through what that looked like, how it happened and how it's affected your life and, and maybe a couple key lessons that you've taken away about being a dad. And I'll kind of jump in and ask some questions as we go. You got it. You got it. Well, good morning, everyone. This is, you know, when I sat through, and it was great, Liza, last week, and I happen to know a couple, of, you know, Supermom's one of my favorite people, and I know Todd Skelton for years, so it was good to hear his wife. And I started thinking, you know, I bet there's a lot of men on this stage that could really relate and have some, some stories that might be able to add value, hope, encouragement to other men and aunts and uncles, if you're not a parent, and coaches and employers, employees. Uh, so um, I'm glad to be here, especially since it's going to be Father's Day. Um, so here's what I, here's what I bring. Um, I, was, I was never given a handbook. No one ever taught me how to be a dad. As a matter of fact, I learned exactly how not to be a dad. So what I thought I'd do today is just spend a couple minutes, you know, sharing how unfit and unqualified I actually was based on my upbringing, not to beat this <clears throat> drum that I sometimes hear, this poor me story. It's not about that. It's more about adding color and context to how anybody can go from where I went to being a, what I would consider to be a world-class dad. I think I do parenting, being a dad, better than anything that I do in my life. And I've had some really great success in my life. So, let me just start. Uh, again, these are things that I've never shared. So 
I don't know that nervous would be the right word, but a little bit apprehensive. So I'm going to I'm going to share it. I'm going to take off all the masks. I'm just going to put it out there and and see where it goes in hopes that somebody I think there's five or six hundred people in here. Hopefully it touches somebody to help them realize, you know, maybe you haven't been um, maybe you don't have any highlight films as a dad or a mom or an aunt or an uncle, but you can start highlight films now. Do 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 do. Right. You can start getting some of the plays that you see other people getting on uh, maybe it's social media or maybe you're looking at the you're, you're looking out the window versus in the mirror and you think everybody's parenting better than you are. Hopefully some of this can help. You have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60 year record this past January. All of these dealers join the 800% club and together we continue to win. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you. You and your team? So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. So as as a really young guy, I'm the youngest of eight, uh, which is, you know, I think when you're the sixth, seventh, or eighth, I don't have any pictures. <laughs> the parents stopped parenting. I think they were done at probably five or six. Um, so there wasn't a lot of, of love left, but on top of that, all I really learned was dysfunction, abuse, riddled with alcoholism, anger. Um, and, and that was really sort of the formidable years from zero to 10, right? That's all I saw, um, as a young, young boy. And I share this stuff again, just for context and color. I was eight years old when I started smoking weed. I'd stay out until 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, unsupervised. By 11, I was moving on and started to become what they called in the streets Chemical Dave because I was doing things that most 11-year-olds weren't doing. Um, from there, I, I, you know, I stayed out and, and did things that I'm not particularly proud of today. And, and, I, and as a result of that, uh, one of my brothers uh, committed suicide, another brother um, my sister passed at a young age from drug addiction inadvertently. Uh, I, I was a witness to murder. I've been in jail. I've been through many, many treatment centers. Uh, and that was sort of what I, all I knew, right? So now I'm 20 years old. My whole life has just been an absolute blur and a mess. I have zero hope that I can turn it around, zero hope for a brighter future, and a certainty that I was going to live the same life that my parents and my brothers and sisters were living. So uh, I'm not just for trigger alerts and things like that. I'm not going to get into um, some of the darker things. Those were some of the uh, lighter things. Uh, so it was really, really interesting. I was 22 years old. I, I found, I turned my life over to uh, recovery and just became an absolute student, like a ravenous learner, kind of like alpha, just, uh, reading, learning. I, I talked like a street kid. I acted like a street kid. I'll never forget it, Liza. I had $300 to my name. And there was this thing called verbal advantage 
and it was $297. And I saw it on an infomercial. And I, and I bought it because I knew if I couldn't fix the way I talked, if I couldn't change who I was, I would forever be the man and never have a chance at the life I have today. I don't know why I knew that. I just knew that. So I spent that $297. Um, from there, it was uh, incredible what the universe did for me and the people that it put in my life. And without those men and women that came into my life and sort of guided me and coached me and helped me to see what life could be like, today would not be, I would not be the person I am. So now picture this. So I'm 22. I'm 129 pounds. I'm six feet. And I just got out of, uh, and I'm, I'm living in a halfway house. Um, so those were not bright times. Those were not finer moments. There were no highlight films, no camera crews. And, um, and from there, I just had this unshakable faith that my life could be different. So as I started to walk my journey and learn and read and connect and get emotionally healthy, physically healthy, spiritually healthy, I got obsessed with health. Uh, and I went from 129 pounds, get this, to 260 pounds. But it wasn't, wow. from, eating li- but it wasn't from eating Little Debbie's and bonbons. I looked like Coach. Um, uh, maybe not as shredded, but close. And, uh, the reason I share that with you is because that was one of the things that I set my mind to. So now I'm 29 years old, working on my pro card, doing, uh, Clydesdale triathlons and, and really good shape. And I don't mean physically, I mean, mentally, emotionally, financially, um, I'm doing what I never, what no one ever thought was possible. As a matter of fact, one of my brothers said, David, I saw the transformation. I watched it unfold. And I still can't believe it's real. And, um, and that was sort of the backdrop to what I'm about to share. So I'm 29. I'm not in a relationship and uh, not really doing the right thing as it relates to protecting myself. And I find myself going to be a father. Um, there's something that came alive in me. And I knew that that was my purpose in life. The person that I was with happened to be a, a really wonderful person. And she's now back in her my daughter, our daughter's life, but um, wasn't in the position to want a parent at that point. Uh, and I was not in the position, or did I believe in at that time, uh, um, in terminating um, an abortion. So we agreed that we'd have the baby, and, and I will never forget it, Liza. We're three days out of the hospital. I'm 29 years old. I know how to weight train, I know how to shoot a jump shot, and I know how to sell cars. Next thing I know, I have a three-day-old baby with me <clears throat> and a book of Dr. Spock. For those of you, and I asked my daughter, because now I'm a grandfather, we just had our first grandchild. I said, have you ever heard of Dr. Spock? She said, you, you mean the one from that show? And I said, no, 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 it's a book. Um, I had no family and no, no people around me to support and teach me how to change a diaper, warm a bottle, um, stay, get up in the middle of the night for the feeding. So I decided to take a year off and learn how to be a dad. Um, which was turned out to be the brightest, most positive thing that I ever did in my life. Um, and I know that not everybody can do that, but I was in a position to do it. And that was my primary focus was to figure this out. Kind of like I figured out my mental health. And I went from suicidal to a life beyond compare, how I figured out my spiritual health, how I went from not believing in God to waking up every morning on my knees, going to bed every night on my knees. And saying please and thank you to a power greater than myself. And kind of like and very similar to how I 
became a, a student of life, right? So I, I decided to be an absolute student and pour myself into, since I didn't learn how to parent, let me go to the experts. Let me find people and men and women that know how to do this and learn from them. And, and that's when the journey started. As a matter of fact, back in, um, right when my daughter was born, I invented this thing called, um, it was called the Prodigy Pack, oddly enough. And it was a pre and post natal education system that had six inch speakers, uh, or it had a, a belt that went around the woman's stomach and it played Mozart to math, music, and Latin. Now picture this, I barely got through high school. <laughs> I invent this thing and I'm sitting in a boardroom with doctors and they say, so what are your accreditations? How, how did you come up with something like this? And it was all from a simple fact that I wanted to be a student of how to develop a human being, how to pour into a human being. What do people need? What do little people need? How can I be a dad? So that's, that's where it all started, Liza. And then, you know, from there, I just kept learning and growing and learning and growing. And I don't know that I have it figured out. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to push it back to you and, and then go into some what I call my best dad moves, right? I'm a big yes. basketball player and I, and I know how to do a jab step and I know how to do a drop step. And I say this for Joy and Laura. Um, I got a really good jump shot. I shoot 98% from the free throws line. So I came up with my dad playbook, uh, and I, which I'm happy to share, which, by the way, applies to women, mothers, aunts, because Joy's an aunt. Uh, uncles, coaches, might even work at work. So, uh, Liza, that's really kind of the deal. Figuring this whole thing out as a single dad was amazing. And I, and I know there's a lot of great dads in the room. And I, and I have a feeling there's a lot of people in the room that think, you know, I could probably be a little better parent, could probably be a little better aunt or uncle. So let's go with uh, from there. That was my like 10 or 15 minutes of yes. who I am and where I came from. And let's, let's see what we go. David, I... In my plan was to ask you a few questions as we went, and I've, I'm sitting here in awe. I just wrote a half a page of notes of some of the things that you shared, and while we're going to focus on your dad playbook for the next uh, 25 minutes, there is so much behind this story around mindset and how quickly you were able to make changes in your life that we could talk all day, and we're going to dive into some of those things another time because I am I'm just completely in awe of what you have built with your life, truly with the mindset um, in, in multiple ways to make significant shifts. I, I, I loved you before this morning and I am now, I need to fly out to the West Coast today. So, um, <laughs> Thank wow. You. So David, uh, just, you, I know you had your first daughter that you were the single dad. Um, how many other children do you have right now? Uh, two other children. Okay. I so you tell have you, three Three total. So 26, get this for the car people in the room, 26, 21, and 16. If you notice, it's every 60 months like a car loan. <laughs> so I could pay colleges and weddings. Oh my gosh, you even planned that out, David. I love it. Um, okay, so let's dive into your dad playbook. And the whole purpose of this hour was we want to learn some lessons that um, from dads. And so why don't, if you could kick us off with maybe two key things out of your dad playbook that the rest of the breakfast table could benefit from this morning. And then we'll also open up to some speakers and moderators to ask you some questions and share some of the lessons that, that they've also um, uh, taken from their time being a dad. Sure. Uh, I'm, actually, I'm really happy to. So I'll, I'm just going to kind of uh, rapid fire a few things. And yes, then we'll, please uh, do. 
and then we can dig in on whatever resonates or if anybody has any questions. But these are just a few of my hacks. These are in my playbook. I'm sure there's plays and moves that I don't know about. I've never been exposed to and I've never practiced. But uh, the first thing was bedtime. Each of my children have had this incredibly special bedtime. Where it's, if you've ever watched Friends, and I think there's 16 seasons and a thousand episodes, that's what going to bed as a child of mine is like. And each kid had a, their own story tailored to them, for them, about them, and it happened every single night when I was home. Uh, so the, the bedtime stories was a, uh, is an absolute game changer and was, and they still talk about my 26-year-old, Dad, can you tell me that? story can you tell me about and i don't know what it is it just was so special so that was one the next is i have these hey david let me ask you a question real quick about bedtime because so often we talk about how do you make sure you're prioritizing parenting along with building your career and your job did you ever have a challenge in the car business with bedtimes especially when they were really young and the hours that you were working so i uh early on liza i was you know, in my twenties selling 30 to 60 cars a month before the internet, making $200,000 a year, working 30 hours a week, Monday through Friday appointment only. But the only reason that I was able to do that was because I needed a dad. I needed to be a dad. Okay. Right. So yeah, that never, you had a very strong driving force. Yeah. That was my why. Yeah. So the second thing is we do is I have these DDDs and DSDDs, and what those are is daddy-daughter date days and daddy-son date days. And daddy's kind of a funny term. Like, we didn't say daddy in my house, right? Um, but that that's what it is. It's just one-on-one, undivided, undistracted time with one each of them at a time, uh, which was a, turned out to be one of my best decisions. Uh, the next one is, uh, and, and I, it's funny because there's probably some people in the room that have seen me. I'll, I'll go speak at, um, you know, access velocity, for instance, and there'll be 500, 600 people there and I'll be there with my son or my daughter and every single trip I've ever taken, I take one of them, uh, it creates some issues at school, but it's been, uh, something that I know for a fact has made an impact that no other experience could have had, right? Telling them about the trip, bringing them something home could never impact my relationship with my kids the way taking one of them uh, mm-hmm. with me has. Um, <clears throat> the next thing is state management. This is one that goes right into what you were talking about, Liza, and that's managing my mental game. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how conditioned I am, just like an athlete would be conditioned, to make sure that my state's right each and every time before I interact with any of my kids. And, and, and that doesn't mean I'm not in pain. That doesn't mean I'm disingenuous. It doesn't mean I don't, I'm not transparent about what's going on in my life. But what it means is I'm fully present. And if I'm in pain, they know it. And we talk about it. And I share my feelings uh, to model what it's like to be a healthy human being. Uh, so that's been that state management and doing what I call, uh, well, I didn't, I don't call it. I stole it from Tony Robbins back when I first got on this journey. But I make sure 100% I do a state check-in. And I realign myself before I interact with my kids. Um, and, and I'm gonna now. I'm just gonna blow through. I was kind of hesitating in case you had any questions, but so, yeah, so, so, I'm taking notes, ahead. and then we'll jump into a few. And uh, this is this is great, and it's great advice for moms, for dads, as you said, 
anyone who interacts with the next generation and wants to make an impact. All of these things are relevant. This is, uh, it's been really the joy of my life. So I coach youth sports too. And running a, a fairly large dealer group and coaching youth sports is almost an oxymoron. It's like jumbo shrimp, <laughs> right? It doesn't even make yes. sense to people. Um, but I, I took my parenting lessons and skills that I've learned from people that were much smarter than me and I applied it to sports and, and pouring into youth. And that's, by the way, where pandemic positivity came from, um, was seeing how desperately people need positivity, love, kindness, and compassion and paying attention to that on a really macro level. But anyway, so uh, giving random cards to my kids. And, and I love that my wife, uh, I'm, I'm with my wife for two decades now. Unless, you know, she'll put notes in, in the lunch boxes. And if it's Valentine's Day, they'll have Valentine's napkins. And, and I just love that stuff. But I got to tell you, there's something very special about a heartfelt five or six sentence, maybe a whole page, maybe two pages front and back letter or card from their dad. Yes. Like, I don't even know that I can remember my dad ever hugging me and telling me he loves me, um, much less that, right? So super powerful. Um, next I video myself and I've been doing this for a long, long time, or I do a voice note and I send it to my kids and I've been doing it forever that affirms them, uplifts them and tells them how much I love them and what they mean to me. And I don't know if they listen to it over and over, but I have a feeling they save them all like they do the cards. Uh -huh. Um, but I got to tell you, when I pass and, you know, I have 16,344 days left, by the way, I make that proclamation because 16,344 days from now, I'll celebrate my 100th birthday and I will be complete. And, and what I want to do in those next 16,344 days is I want to pour into people like I've never poured into people. I'm, I'm closer to the end than I am the beginning now, Liza. So it's super important to me that I do that with my kids and anybody I come in contact with. So next, I schedule my interrupted time. It goes back to the DDDD and the DSDD. And then, uh, you know, I never ignore what's going on. That's my last, I, I could go on and on and on. I could probably write a playbook, but I never I was about to ignore... ask, I thought this was a playbook that you were gonna able to share and send out to us. <laughs> no, no, this is my personal playbook. Yes. These are no, I'm moves. just teasing. This is amazing. I know. <laughs> so the last thing that I that I thought I'd bring because I didn't want to spend too much time, and I hope I haven't, is no. I never, ever, ignore what's going on. It's super simple. So I, I'd like to think because of the abuse I experienced as a child, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. So if you're in the room and you know what it's like to listen, and I mean really listen and hear how the keys to your alcoholic parent go into the tumbler on the door to the house. Like I learned at a really, really young age, if those keys go in easy, the night's easy. If those key, if it takes three, four, five minutes for those keys to get in the cylinder, I better hide. It's going to be a tough night, right? We probably aren't going to get any sleep. The police are going to show up. There may be an ambulance. It's going to be rough. So, I learned and I used that experience as my strength and hope that if I pay really, really close attention, like I did to that key in the tumbler, when my kids come in and I pay attention to their body language and their physiology and their tone and their timbre and their affect, 
I can really dig into what's going on. And when I dig in and I'm present, and I don't mean dig in like, where were you on March 2nd? What were you doing? And where were you? And what's that smell? It's not that. It's more of a, I'll, I'll be a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more mindful, and a little bit more purposeful on how I connect with them. It won't be slip in the back door and go upstairs and lay in bed on TikTok, right? We're going to connect, not in an uncomfortable, clumsy way, but in a way that they know that their dad's checking in because he loves, cares, supports, and cherishes them. And, and that's been really successful for me for 26 years from being a single dad at three days old to now being a grandfather of a three-month-old. And that's really my whole story of parenting in a nutshell, Liza. And I'm, I love you and I love all the things that you've done for me and how much you've poured in to this app. This is my fourth month on Clubhouse and and every chance I get, I don't get up at three o'clock in the morning to be in Clubhouse <laughs> like, like my friend Alpha does. I'm still trying to figure out how Glenn does his sleep cycles and Alpha never sleeps. Uh, once I dial in on those two things, I'll be in this room at three o'clock. But for now, I get in at five. And I, I, we'll do it. Five works well. And uh, we're just so grateful this morning that you were willing to get up early and share this story with us because, David, when I wrote down the words purposeful parenting, as we determined this subject last week, I don't think there could be a better example than what you just shared with us. Um, the intentionality around everything that you just shared. I think if each of us as parents or as coaches and mentors of children in any way of our life uh, were to take just a couple of the pieces that you just shared, whether it be writing random cards to our kids, whether it be sending that video or a nice note. We talk about sending encouraging messages all the time in this room. It's one of the morning five that, that Glenn has written in his book, but making sure we're doing that for our children every single day, having that one-on-one -on -one time. Um, uh, you know, we, we all know that it's important, but what I started this all with was that concept of doing it all. And even sometimes when we know being a purposeful parent should be our priority, it is super easy to get caught up in work, to be caught up in all of our to-do lists in the evenings and not be spending that quality time and focusing more on um, getting through the day and, and checking everything off of our list. So, David, I have taken so many notes from this. I would love to uh, open this up to our speakers and moderators. Uh, Joy, please feel free to jump in. I'd love to open it up for a couple questions for David or, or anybody else who might want to share an idea around uh, being a purposeful dad. Specifically, we want to hear from the men today. So um, give me a flash of mics if you'd like to join in the conversation. I see uh, Coach Isaac and Alpha both wanting to join in. Uh, why don't we start with Coach? Hey, thanks, Liza. And thanks, David. I, I don't have any questions, man. I just want to say thank you because I, I took a lot of notes from that, from the parenting and, and also using those same practices in my everyday interactions um, as a coach. So thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, coach. I love listening to you, man. Thanks for all you do. Alpha, jump in with us. Sweet. Thank you, Liza. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, David. David, man. And listen, being a father is everything. Hey, champions. Guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there.
always said at the tombstone, say he was a good man, he's a great father, and I probably did it right. Uh, it's three intentions I use every single day with my children. And the number one is be unconditional love. You do not need to qualify for my love. You get an alien test, that's awesome. You did a great job. However, that's not why I love you. I love you anyway. Uh, you might mess up. Guess what? We all do. Love you anyway. The second one is be absolutely present. It's hard to have the children not at school and that's next to you while you're working because they're gonna ask you a million questions that they probably could answer amongst each other. But put it all down, look them right in the eyes and answer the question. Make sure your eyes light up when you enter the room every time because the eyes light up when you enter the room. You think you went somewhere, it's kind of like puppies. You go to the car, you come back, they're like, <gasps> you're like, hey, you know what? I'm excited to see you too. And the last one is be whatever wisdom the moment needs. Sometimes we want to just give them all this stuff, but it's not necessary at all times to be teaching. Sometimes we need to be taught because like Whitney Houston says, let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. So pretty smart children in the world today and they know things that we have forgotten and they know things we never knew. They pick up devices that uh, the older people struggle with and they instantly know how to use them. And we are still trying to work through the models of, oh, first of all, we had a dial on it and it had buttons. And then we were so excited that we could walk outside without a cord. And that's not the world they live in. So just those three things right there. I mean, it goes a long way just to be present and, and love people as they are. And I want to add this last one because um, I love being a father more than anything. Whatever your children show you and who they are, just help them be that. It's not for us to dictate who they are. They may have came through us, but they do not belong to us. You know, life and God had his own purpose for bringing them here. And we're just lucky to be their guardians. I love that, Alpha. I have to jump in, Liza, because Alpha is one of my heroes. In four months, I, I follow him around. I almost feel like, uh, I don't want to, this sounds weird, but I have man crush. That's, I've never said that before. I feel like I threw up in my mouth a little bit. But Alpha is the man. Thank you, Alpha. Goodness, I'm going to hop in here real quick before anybody else, because one, as I was writing down this list, David, I just think about my own life and the impact that my dad has had. Um, bedtime was always super special. Um, my dad took us all, all seven of us on what he called special times. And coming from a, a place where you're like, gosh, I always saw my dad working so hard. Didn't always have so much financially to show for it, but he gave us his first and his best. And of all the people I have connected with so deeply here on Clubhouse, it's you. We talk all the time. And just the way that that state management, the way that you can show up and be present and always concerned about how everybody else is feeling. And I can guarantee you there's so many people in this room who needed to hear from a strong man who has done it, who says, hey, like, you can do it all. You can have it all. And I was texting Liza. I was like, y'all keep talking because I'm in like in my fields um, because you never ignore what's going on. And I think you have like a spidey sense. We have this crazy like hey, like I'm feeling down today. Me too. 
And I just appreciate you so very much. I hope everyone has taken something from this hour saying, hey, like, fatherhood is hard. Being a friend is hard. Um, But if you've got people in your life who have defied their own experience, who said, hey, like, this is how I grew up, but it stops with me. And to make everyone around you feel like the most special person in the room. So thank you, David, for um, just being so vulnerable with your story. There's so many things you share that I didn't even know. And we talk all the time. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, you remind me so much of the amazing things that my dad has defined in his life. Um, and I hope that so many of you dad in the room um, you can start making joy thanks for adding so much um to my life i can't believe i've only known you for four months virtually uh i really appreciate what you've done and how you've added so much joy into my life David, I don't think we can um, finish this hour without hearing from Glenn Lundy, father of eight. Glenn, I, I know that you're usually this is your hour off, but could you drop in and share with us maybe two key takeaways that you've learned from being a dad that we could that we could all hear today? Well, the first thing that I want to drop in is I was in um, Philadelphia at a speaking event with this with this um this guy and uh learning more about him him and i had known each other for a little while through the auto world but i got to learn more about him in person there in uh, in philadelphia as we were leaving after this event uh him and i happened to go to the airport at the same time so we were we were on our way to the airport in a uber uh at the, at the same time and Go ahead, man. Sorry, I got five of the kids around me. They got up early to watch the sunrise today. As I was um, in the Uber on the way back, I I had this little dilemma. So I had been gone for a few days, and I had an opportunity to go home. uh, And there was another flight that would take me to – so I had one flight that would take me to Kentucky, Kentucky, or there was another flight that would take me to Arizona. And if I went out to Arizona, I would get to see my daughter for a couple hours and then I would have to turn around and, uh, and fly back uh, right, right away. And so it was a lot of travel for a couple hours with my daughter. And so I'm sitting there with this guy in the Uber and I'm like, man, I could go home and get some rest and do this and do that. Or I can do all this travel, you know, four hours across the country, five hours, whatever it is, spend a couple hours with her, five hours back. And he looked at me and he said, well, I'm not telling you what to do, but if I were you, I'd be on that plane to Arizona in a heartbeat. And I got on that plane and I went to Arizona and I spent that time with my daughter and it was incredibly impactful for both her and I. And the guy that told me to do that was David Long. He straight up was just like, bro, you gotta go. You gotta go. And so I just want to share that story because, uh, you know, he's not just, it's, this isn't all lip smack. I mean, this is the way that this guy lives his life, uh, 20, 24 seven. And what you brought to the table this morning, David was incredibly impactful 
there were many areas where I was like, yeah, I'm really, really good at that. And then there were other areas I, I was like, yeah, I need to definitely get better at that. And so I definitely appreciate you sharing. And as far as just a dad tip, you know, from my experience with the, uh, you know, with, with the eight kids is, and you guys have heard me talk about it before, you know, but I just, and Alpha touched on it too, you know, I believe we're all children of God, not, not children of our parents or children of anything earthly. And so I try every single day to see the seeds that are planted in my children and do everything in my power to fertilize those seeds, not the things that I would maybe want them to do or that I resonate with them, but ultimately the things that come out of them from the inside, those are the things that I try to fertilize. So David, thanks for being such an amazing human, period, and for sharing everything with us this morning. And uh, hopefully that's a good takeaway for, for somebody as well. Thanks, Liza, for this segment. It's been great. Thank you, Joy. Yeah. Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. I, We've got I a couple. Yeah, go ahead. I just I just got to say thanks to Glenn. Uh, that cab ride, I'll never forget. I don't know that I remember it exactly like you do. I think that's a little softer in my approach. But um, I'm glad you went. I know how much that meant to you. But what meant a lot to me is how you have poured into my life. And that call you made to me last week or two weeks ago absolutely shook my world. And I'll forever be grateful. So thank you for all you do, Glenn Lundy. Yeah, ma'am. Liza. And Joy, yep. this is this is Monica in the turquoise circle. May hey, I Monica. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, David. I want you to be my dad, man. Um, I just want to share quickly. The older I get, the more I realize that not having a father really did impact me. When you're young, you don't. I don't think you really get it. But the older you get and the more you see excellent men stepping up and being fathers, the more you understand how vital it is for fatherhood to be a priority. And I just want to thank you and all the men in this room and all the men in the audience and all the good men who make fatherhood a priority, whether you stay with your children's mother or not, is not it's, it's not the most important thing. You got to be there for your kids. I never ever knew my father until I was 18 and I barely know him now, but we are forging a relationship and I'm grateful for it. So for those of you who are there, God bless you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Well, Monica and David and Joy and everybody who is with us at our breakfast table, we are coming up on the end of our um, hour, and we are going to make sure that we we uh, pass the baton over at 8 o'clock, because sometimes here on Breakfast with Champions, once we get off track, we keep getting off track for the rest of the morning. So Joy and I are going to bring this in, because the, the, the wisdom that has been shared, the experience that has been shared, um, the reality that has been shared this morning, I hope helps us all leave today, whether we're a dad, a mom, an aunt, an uncle, a coach, a mentor, recognizing how much impact we can have on uh, the next generation of this world. And the page and a half of notes that I have, whether it be the unconditional love, whether it be making sure that your eyes light up every time that one of your children or another child enters the room, whether it be dropping that random card to your child today or to another child in your life, 
um, recognizing, as David says, 16,344 days that he has left that he wants to be complete when he turns 100 and making sure that we use every single day uh, to the best of our abilities and impacting those around us, especially our children. David's story showed us um, very much, we talked about last week, about how we can break repetitive patterns, that systemic social issues don't have to define us. Not only did they not define David, but he broke every single one of them in his life. And that picture perfect is not reality, that life does have detours, life has pivots, and, and how we react to them is what defines us. So uh, this was an incredible hour for me. Uh, David, I can't thank you enough. Um, sharing your story and being vulnerable with us means the world. And uh, with that, it is eight o'clock and I would love to go ahead and turn over uh, the baton after a quick reset. I believe Amanda and Justin are taking on the eight o'clock hour and uh, we are excited to have everybody. We're excited to have you here with us on Breakfast with Champions. The vision is that this is the largest breakfast table in the world. There are no limits to the chairs. So please invite your friends in because Amanda and Justin always bring us incredible wisdom as well. So thank you, everybody, for the last hour. Amanda, Justin, I turn it over to you. Liza, I have to say, and I hate when people do this, I just got to say thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I hate when people jump in after somebody's uh, closed the segment, but I'm going to do this anyway. I want to thank you, Liza and Joy, for everything you two do. And thanks for supporting the Pandemic of Positivity and being on the board. If anybody in the room, I have to give this plug, wants one of those really cool frames around your picture, just send me a text message. I'll turn it around. Uh, but we do together. We can make a difference. On, uh, add more positivity, kindness, love, compassion not just to our kids, but to the people we come in contact with that we don't even know, the people that need it more than we could probably imagine. So thanks again for everybody listening to me and giving me this space to share a little bit about who I am. I'm really grateful to be here. So thanks again. That's it. David, I'm glad you jumped in. And there are some great pandemic of positivity rooms on Clubhouse if anybody sees them or jumps on to David's profile. So thank you guys. Amanda, Justin, passing to you. Thank you, Liza. Man, what a powerful morning this has been. My brother, Justin, are you with us? I sure am. Can everybody clap it up for Liza and Joy? I think hearing yes. their voices and, and that inspiration is going to drive the rest of all of our weeks. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you, Justin and I were messaging on the back end um, about this morning and we had an idea and I sent him a message, which I don't think he's read yet, yet I'm totally going to throw in a curveball. This morning was so absolutely positive. I just wanted to stick on this theme of, um, you know, being a child and the mentality, being an adult and that mentality and when life happens. And so um, we did a room, I believe it was last week maybe, where we had audience participation or panel participation and we thought it was so unbelievably powerful. So definitely want to do that again this morning. If you'll just give us a mic flash, if you are up for that, just having a conversation. Yep. I love it. Perfect. Okay. So keeping on the theme of this morning, you know, Glenn opened up with a powerful segment um, and he was talking about the mentality of a child and how they don't really have a sense of time. They don't really have this, this idea of what they look like on the outside. They are just who they are and that's it. And then leading on into the segment with you know, being a powerful dad, being a role model, being somebody um, who sets a really great example. 
And you know, at some point we make the switch from child to adult. And when we become an adult, like Glenn said this morning, we all of a sudden get get this sense of what we look like on the outside, time and the concept of time. And I wanna share a story with you this morning. And then I wanna give you a couple of um, quote examples cause I'm just an absolute quote junkie. And then I wanna open it up to conversation and have you share if you've had any of these or if you have an example of, of what we're about to talk about. So two days ago, I woke up and I had a little bit of a pain in my tooth. Now I am just rounding out a year of finishing Invisalign. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's clear braces. And you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who takes care of their teeth the way that I do. Uh, I was taught at a very early age that they're important. We don't do cavities, you take care of your teeth. So two days ago, I wake up and I've got a pain in one of my bottom, my lower front teeth, the one to the right. And I didn't think much of it. And uh, my teeth have hurt over the past couple of years with doing Invisalign and them shifting and such. So I didn't think much of it. And then I woke up on Sunday and it was even worse. And I took a look in the mirror and all of a sudden my tooth was turning a light pink. And I'm mortified. I'm terrified. I'm freaking out. So I call my dentist and of course it's Sunday, so they're not open. And they tell me on Monday morning, call this number, you're gonna get in to get a scan or an X-ray. So I call yesterday morning, thinking I'm going in for an X-ray to find out what's happening. And at 3.30 in the afternoon, I'm in a chair and I'm getting a root canal. Now this is devastating because you're talking to someone who's had two cavities in their entire life. And on Sunday, I was mortified. My brain went all over the place. I was Googling, and just for the record, Google is not your friend when something is wrong with you. Um, and I was thinking of all the worst scenarios possible because of the information that was in front of me. And yesterday, when it was all said and done, the root canal took 20 minutes. My tooth is perfectly fine now, and we'll, we're going to go on with life just the way it's meant to be. Now I share this story with you because for 48 hours straight, I felt like a six-year-old child. I was terrified. Nothing like this had ever happened to me before. I had no idea which direction to go other than what people on the phone were telling me. I was thinking of all the different scenarios that could happen. I had no concept of time. I had no concept of direction. I just felt like a little six-year-old. And I share all of that with you because at some point, we go from a child to an adult, and we're just expected to know. We're just expected to handle life as it comes to us with situations that happen or arise with bravery and with calmness and with rationality. And that doesn't always happen. As a 34-year-old adult, I was freaking out because I'd never had anything like this happen to me before. So I'm going to share a couple of quotes with you, and then I would love to open up the floor and hear some live examples of being an adult and something in your life happens, life happens, life shows up, and you absolutely freak out. Let's talk about that. What did you do? How did you handle it? And now knowing what you know, what would you tell someone who may have life happen to them and in that moment feel like freaking out? So here's a few quotes for you. Life is 10% what happens and 90% how you respond. Life continues whatever happens, so be positive and be brave. Life is what happens while you are busy making plans. 
So let's get some mic flashes from people who have had something in their adult life happen where you freaked out, everything turned out okay. How did you handle it? And what would you do differently moving forward? Who would like to share? Amanda, I have an instance. This is Tony Mo. Um, not too many, uh, maybe about a year and a half, two years ago, um, my son was in an altercation. I was at work and I got a call saying that his head was busted open and that he was having seizures. And I didn't know, um, I didn't know what to do in that very moment where I was. So I, I left and I drove. Um, maybe it's, it, it normally takes about 15 to 20 minutes to get to where he he was, but it only took me like seven minutes um, to get there. And when I got there, um, his head had blood all on it and um, I, 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 I lost it. Um, the police were there and, you know, you forget that they have like, well, I forgot that they have body cams, but in that moment, I, I lost it. But, um, and it was just because I couldn't get any answers as to where the person that had um, assaulted my son was. Um, nobody was, it's, it's almost like they was treating my son like the victim. I mean, I mean like the, um, the aggressor. And um, in that moment, like I said, I just, I lost it. But going now, thinking back on it or when I was able to calm down and it really, I really didn't realize that the extent of the things that I said or what I said to the police until my son kind of replayed some things back to me. Um, and I realized, you know, then that I, I think I kind of like blacked out in the moment. Um, but if I could do it all over again, I would just try to stay really calm and listen first before going in trying to get all of my questions answered. Maybe if I had just gone in with an open mind and just not, but I don't know, as a mother, all I saw was blood and that, that was just it. So I don't know if it, how in the future I could, you know, keep my reaction from being what it was as a mother. Um, but yeah, they, I didn't get the answers quick enough in, in my opinion. So. If someone have any suggestions about, you know, moving forward, if this same scenario were to happen, what to do in that situation, I would be so open to hearing it. Thank you. This is Tony Mo. I appreciate you sharing, Tony Mo, because I think that's my, that's the ultimate question, right? So we know rationally, right? We're adults. We know, we understand the, the, the concept of time. We understand what we should do in those moments. We understand that calm, stopping for a moment, asking questions, understanding our surroundings and what's happening to us. And yet in those moments, we are so hard pressed to lead with rationale and lead with bravery. So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that story. Would anybody else like to share? Hey Amanda, this is David. Hey David. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good morning, champions. Um, you know, I'm I'm so fortunate, so blessed to be uh, to have fatherhood 1.0 and fatherhood 2.0. I've got a five and a six year old today, little boys, uh, awesome little boys, and I have two really phenomenal children uh, from a previous marriage that are 37 and 33, and my son. Uh, my 33-year-old had a lot of respiratory issues, 
um, when he was born. And, um, and so we had a, a, an occasion that he was having trouble breathing the first time. And he had to go into the hospital. He went, took him to ER. And he ended up having to be admitted. Um, and it was the first of a few times that he had to be admitted. But what really struck me, um, and what you really reminded me of in an instant, is uh, the, the feeling of being a panicked parent, as Tony Mo just said. Uh, I think for a lot of us, you know, sometimes if things happen to us, it's different than if it happens to somebody we love, some, a parent or a, a child or a sibling or a friend. And in this moment, one of the things that struck me was it almost seemed like a, a callousness at the hospital. I don't know if anybody's ever been through this, but you go to an ER and the person checking you in just doesn't seem to have a ton of empathy. You know, they're just kind of going about their business, filling out the forms. And then, and all you're thinking of is, I just, can you please just look at my child? And then once that happens, you know, ultimately uh, the, the doctor appears and the doctor seems to have just as little empathy or emotion as the person checking you in. And uh, you've seen it on TV and you may have experienced it yourself where they say at some point, hey, listen, uh, we'll, we'll take care of this. We'll look at your child. Uh, go ahead and sit in the waiting room. Um, and you sit there and you're thinking, what is wrong with somebody that, that either they don't have kids of their own or they don't understand, uh, you know, why this is so critical, why this is so emotional. And they seem to be completely devoid of emotion. And then it occurred to me one day, we, we don't want them to be emotional. Can you imagine if an ER doctor had the level of emotion that we did? as you were just describing for yourself, or we've, a lot of us have been in that situation with ourselves, what would that be like? I mean, it would be an utter, complete disaster. And then I started thinking, well, I've been on a number of planes that had engine failures. And typically, you always see the captain saying, hello, everybody, this is your captain speaking. We're having uh, experiencing some uh, difficulties with the plane, but uh, we're going to ask everybody just to sit down. I'm going to ask the flight crew to sit down, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be landing at a uh, closest airport. And then they go on with their business. And can you imagine that person being freaked out uh, in that moment? It would be a disaster. And they're trained uh, to do that. My wife's a physician. She was trained to have that lack of emotion, not because... They don't care, quite the opposite. They do care, just like that pilot does, but because they understand so well that how critical it is, uh, as Tony Mo was just saying, to remain calm in the face of adversity like that so that they have their wits about them and so that they can think clearly and make the best decision possible. And that has never left me since that time. And I've had a couple of surgeries on my throat, uh, which is a nightmare to me because I can't imagine myself not speaking. But but each time, thankfully, they came back clear, free of cancer, and I have to go have it done again in the next month or two. 
And, you know, because of those experiences, it has completely changed things for me. It doesn't mean I don't have concern. Of course you do. That's human. But the value of being able to learn from that and remaining calm so that I don't over respond or overreact and so that I don't fall into the darkness of thinking the worst has, has just absolutely served me my whole life. So I hope this helps. Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Which every now and again, we finish our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean Paul Gidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Sturrisnyder. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We got a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I want to open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Oh, David, you are spot on, my friend. Those were my thoughts yesterday, because here I am. I show up in an office that I've never been to, because uh, this is a specialist at this point. And they're asking me for my insurance card, and they're asking me to fill out some papers. And then they take me back to the room, and we still have to wear masks in the doctor's office. So the, the woman who was assisting, um, she's asking me these questions, and I'm already terrified because I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I'm thinking worst case scenario, I'm gonna lose a tooth, it's right in the front of my mouth, and then I'm, I'm feeling shame, because I'm like, what did I do to cause this? I, I thought I was doing everything right. And she asked me about two or three questions, and I think she could tell that I was scared. And, and finally she turned around and she's like, would you repeat that? I couldn't hear you, and these alligator tears came down my face. And in that moment, she realized, I think, how terrified I was. And so she said, here's a tissue, take a deep breath, I'm gonna walk you through exactly what's gonna happen. And I, and I followed up with some questions. I said, so I'm not going to lose a tooth. And she said, my dear, no. She said, here's exactly what we're going to do. And she walked me through the procedure. She said, it won't take any more than 20 minutes and you'll be well on your way. And so I 100% am in alignment with you. Those professionals are trained to be that way. And thank goodness, because if they weren't, I would have been a complete basket case, more so than I already was. So I'm so glad that you pointed that out because it is so true. And I think experiencing moments like those, you have to remind yourself that when something happens, for me, I think one of the things that helps the most is a breathing exercise, right? Take a deep breath. It takes several deep breaths and just know that until you get all of the information, you don't know. It's hard to do it in the moment. And yet, if you just remind yourself to take deep breaths and just wait until you have all the information and then you can make the best decision or wait till you have all the information and then you can actually understand what's going to happen. You're really, I mean, you're, you're just, you're basing everything that's go, all the emotions that you're going through on uncertainty because you don't know. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you so much for that. It was a good reminder. Hey, Amanda, just, well, just one oh, more yeah. thing. I, I um, was fortunate enough to learn something from a gentleman at Stanford who was a professor um, years ago that also helped me. 
um, and this was a neuropsychology class. But one of the things that he happened to mention along the way was talking about worry and, and our propensity to worry. Uh, some humans worry incessantly, some not so much. But the thing that he brought up that, again, stuck with me is that 83% of the things that human beings worry about actually never come about. And of the 17% that do, that in his estimation, about 90% of those you have zero control over. So his point was, so why worry, right? If 80, and the thing that I actually was have been dealing with somebody and coaching and helping somebody for literally decades and um, who was always concerned and anxious, full of anxiety and always would go to the dark place. And I would say, listen, every time you worry about something that you think is going to be doom, doom, uh, that you think is going to turn out terrible, um, and that's causing all this anxiety, write it down. And then I, I want you to look at that, everything you write down 30 days later, just 30 days later. Um, and what what this person found is exactly what this person said, this, uh, this professor said, that virtually none of the things that this person worried about ever came about. And that just simply validated it for me. Absolutely. I, you know, I think another thing, because after the fact, I called my mom and we had a conversation about it because she was the first person I called when, uh, when I spoke to the dentist on Sunday and she's like, Amanda, here's the deal too. You know, knock on wood, I've never had a broken bone. I've never had a major surgery and my whole life I've had a clean bill of health. And she's like, you're 34 now. She's like, in, in God willing, you will be healthy and happy and live an amazing life. Yet, as you get older, things are going to happen. You're going to, you may have an accident and you may need a surgery or they may find something and you may need to have a procedure. And yet for 34 years, you've never had to deal with that. So just mentally, you have to prepare yourself that things are going to happen and it's okay that things are going to happen. There will always be a solution. And you just have to roll with it that way. And she brought up such a good point because I was like, you're right. Every time I go to the doctor, it takes me five minutes to fill out my paperwork because I'm like, yep, nope, nope, nope. None of those apply to me. Nope, nope I'm great. Good, good. Okay, next. And the, in these moments where things happen because you think you're doing everything right every single day, something changes. And, and you know, Glenn talked about this in an, in an earlier conversation a few weeks ago. Change happens. And for a moment, we are in this place of uncertainty. We've never been here before. We don't know what to expect. We've got to build up that muscle, uh, you know, of skill or, you know, we've got to we've got to build build up that mindset that we need in order to embrace that change. And I think that was a big aha for me yesterday. So thank you. I'm so glad you touched on that because it really is true. Justin, are you with us? I know you recently had a procedure and I would love to know what your mindset was around that in preparation for that. And then after the fact. Yeah, I mean, I was just sitting back enjoying this conversation from the standpoint of, of everything everybody's saying makes so much sense to me, right? And the reason I say that is when we go through different phases of our life, we always think that's the most important phase, right? Look at us all here on this app right now, right? Whether you're in the audience, on the stage, whatever position you're in, it seems like now is the most important time of our life. We've got it all together. We're adults. We run businesses and all, all, the, all the things, right? What do the people that are in their 90s or 100s think about when they look at us? 
they think about us the same way we think about children, right? All of the learn or the teenagers that are going through the tough relationships that we smile at now, knowing what we know. And I think God's got a sense of humor when it comes to these things, because ultimately we're all just children that grew up, right? If you're at the grocery store and a lady's going off, you know, give her empathy and grace because that's somebody's child, right? You're not any better than her because you don't happen to be in a bad mood or a bad position. And really, when I look at children, children are always pushing and searching. And what Glenn was saying earlier is so important in terms of being able to guard, guide, and govern. And when they push, they want to feel that you're there and they want to feel connected, right? And to bring that back to my procedure, I'll give people some insights. Um, I was diagnosed with a full-blown hip replacement at 33 years old, genetic condition, uh, severe left hip osteoarthritis. And they wanted to cut me open right away and just put a new bone in there or a new hip sock in there. And I basically said, you know, I'm, I'm fairly young. I don't want to do that because it's going to prevent me from doing the sports I do and everything else. I'll live with the pain, right? And I always walk around at like a seven to nine in terms of pain. It's bone on bone. There, there's no cartilage left. There's no cure for it. Anyways, long story short, Five years go by, um, I, I had an experience in Israel um, where I literally all of a sudden the pain dropped to like a three and I had this mobility I never had in my life. And I always thought, I'm like, you know what, if something happened and, and there's an opening, then great. If not, hey, I, I'm, I'm happy with the life that I have, 10 finger, 10 toes, I'm blessed regardless. You know, I, I'm not going to take anything for granted, just I'm going to keep moving, forging forward. Long story short, this year. I find out I'm a candidate for hip resurfacing, which is way better than a hip replacement from the standpoint that you can still do sports. They do it to NHL athletes and people that want to stay super active. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is awesome. I can still surf. I can still, still do all these things. My wife, who none of you have met because she's the Wizard of Oz and she does no social media, but she is a powerhouse, highly intelligent woman, owns our businesses with me, incredible, um, did some research and found this doctor just south of the border that does... Um, native stem cell injections. So they basically take your own stem cells, spin them in a centrifuge, uh, simulate a car accident and tell your body, hey, we got to rebuild cartilage in your hip. The procedure is not fun because if you have to simulate, you know, some type of massive trauma, your body's going to send you the pain signals associated with that, right? And going back to what you said, Amanda, I, I'm a very structured individual. I like putting systems and people and leverage in place and I like creating things and, and building, but not being in control brought me right back to being a kid. Right. And I remember like trying to just shut it out and be like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. And not going on Google, which I did and reading, which is not a good idea. So what she said is very accurate. Don't research any procedures before you go do it because you'll read every horror story out there. And I got there and I started going through the the process, I realized I am still a child, right? In my eyes, I'm a child of God. And there's one quote that I like to say is when you, you're you in fear, right? Or the world is coming oh. at you one way or another, you can fight it, right? But leading to tension rarely leads to any type of success, right? Fighting something is the worst thing you can do. Fighting like in jujitsu, fighting a submission, probably worst thing you can do. You gotta relax, chill, figure out the situation, deal with it. So snuggle, don't struggle. And I remember lying there as they were doing the procedure and I think we got a hot mic. I'm not sure if somebody can grab that. Um, you know, as they did the procedure, it was, it was intense. Very, very, very intense. I've never felt anything like it. 
Um, you know, I'm sure it's only one one hundredth of what women go through childbirth. So shout out to all my ladies out there. You are powerhouses. But I realized it was only for a moment. And if God did decide to take my life, I, I've lived a good life up to this point. Right. And I think we're not in control. I think we like to think we're in control. I think kids like to think they're in control. I think everybody likes to think they're in control when they realize they're not. So when you let go of control and you snuggle and you don't struggle, it puts you in a very different mindset where, you know, I'm going through the exact same procedure. I didn't tell you this, Amanda, next Monday. So I'm going through the procedure again because it's going so well. The cartilage has actually rebuilt itself to the top half of my hip. Um, it's not going to be as intense, but I'm going to go through a very similar procedure to help rebuild the top level of cartilage. I'm excited. And I'm excited about this conversation because hearing every single one of you talk about, you know, the the pain, the attrition, the difficult times, the challenges you have to go through, the rainstorms you have to walk through to get to the other side makes me excited because guess what? The next time I go through it, it isn't as bad. And I have a better appreciation for the people and the things around me. And while my daughter, who asked me yesterday to have a baby food taste test challenge today, I realize that I need to look at the world like a child and I need to go to Shoppers Drug Mart and get a whole bunch of different flavored baby foods and eat it with my daughter tonight because I don't know what's in store for me tomorrow. None of you know what's in store for you when you walk out the door today. So, Amanda, I'm going to kick it back over to you, but I can tell you that that procedure literally put me back in position where I need to realize that I got to snuggle and not struggle when I'm being pushed one way or another. I love that snuggle not struggle i absolutely love that that's awesome so i think we have time for one more quick share i definitely want to keep it on track so that we can pass over to trevor at 8 30. who's got one more hey amanda can i share yep i heard a voice i can't who's that amani it's amani it's amani hi I'm so sorry, I'm at the gym. So if you hear any background noise, I'm really sorry about that. But uh, what Justin shared reminded me of my own story and I totally agree 100%. When life pushes you that way, the way that you don't wanna go, just go with the flow and just explore it, just let it happen. Uh, For me, 2010, I always, since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a lawyer and I talk a lot. So everyone was like, this is the perfect thing for you. You should be a lawyer. And I was so excited. 2010, I was at law school, very, very excited. Amazing things ahead of me. I had my whole life planned out. I had everything like, okay, this is what I'm going to do in my life. And this is how my life is going to go. 2011 hits. The war in Libya starts. And the conflict starts. And everything changes. I was determined to complete law school and to do what I love. This is what I wanted to do, and this is what I was going to do. So I continued studying even throughout the whole conflict and throughout the whole war that was happening. My parents were here in the UK, and I was there by myself. Everyone was worried about me. Everyone was like, you're crazy, staying there by yourself. But this is what I wanted to do. I finished law school, and I started work. And I was really, really happy. But then civil war started there and things started to get really, really, really out of hand. And I had to move. I came here to the UK. My education, I couldn't do anything with it here. I had to start from zero. 
And it was very, very heartbreaking for me to just think that all of the years that I've studied, all of the things that I've done, my whole dreams are not going to happen anymore. And I have to start from zero. But I feel like when life push, pushes you to go a certain way, you just need to go. And for a very long time, I was refusing and I was fighting it and I was depressed and I was sad that life was not going my way. But as, at the same time, I was very for, fortunate to have some amazing, amazing uh, superheroes, life coaches, people that, that really made me see that I just need to go where life is taking me and I need to really explore it. So I came here to the UK not knowing what the hell I'm going to do. And I started to do self-development. I started to work on myself. I started to study. And, you know, five years later, I own my own real estate company right now with my business partners. I'm so grateful for that. I have my own cosmetic company. And life took it's a completely different way than the way that I wanted it to go. But thank God for that, because if it didn't, I wouldn't be living the life that I am right now. And I wouldn't be having the people around me that I had right now. And I wouldn't know what I know right now. So I'm very, very grateful. Um, and for everyone that is going through a, a, something similar, just go with the flow and let life take you to where you need to be. And this is me finish speaking. Thank you so much. I love that. Well, I appreciate you all. I know Justin and I always love this segment with everybody who participates. So thank you for your time. Thank you for being vulnerable, those who shared. And Trevor, my friend, we're going to kick it over to you. Good morning, Amanda, Justin, you both rock. I appreciate you so much. Can I get everybody on stage to unmute for just a moment and give Justin and Amanda a yay, yay? I love that. That's like my favorite thing in the world. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, let me go ahead and reset this room. Let's rock and roll. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name's Trevor Houston, and this is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. And we're live every Monday through Saturday, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this is your opportunity to get a seat at the table with those going the places you know you can go and doing the things you know you can do. Now, we don't see this with a clubhouse divider with a stage on top and an audience down below. No, no, no. Instead, we look at this as the world's largest breakfast table, full of motivation, education, inspiration, and even a friendly competition with the positive intention of pushing your momentum in the right direction. Now listen, we never want you to leave this room empty-handed, so you can go download The Morning 5 free ebook at themorning5.com. All right, guys, I'm super excited. As you can tell, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Uh, I've had my cup of coffee this morning for sure, but I am so pumped up because we've been doing a competition in here. We have been looking and having a quest for the MVP, and uh, I'm excited because we have somebody who was part of the original, okay? She's like an OG, okay? Part of the original. When we first started doing this tournament, uh, she actually came up here on stage and got out of her comfort zone and just crushed it. She won the competition, 
But that was before we started giving away a 30-minute segment. So I, I went back and I was like, you know what? There was somebody that, that came up here and just absolutely crushed it. So I want to go back. I want to give uh, L. Michelle her spotlight interview. <laughs> I wanted to give her her time uh, in the spotlight. And, and, and let me just go real quick and read her uh, short bio. So she's a, uh, a voiceover, multiple genre uh, vocalist professional saxophonist uh and she's a berkeley college of music soon to go into speech pathology if everybody can unmute your mic and give a warm welcome to l michelle hey friends yes do it (laughs) yay yay. (laughs) l michelle I can't believe, um, you know, I didn't bring you up here sooner. I was like, I was going back and I was like, you know, we had somebody who was it that came here and I was keeping score. I even have a scoreboard. Y'all don't understand what I got going behind the scenes. I got a scoreboard (laughs) and I got to ask you, how do you think you're doing on that scoreboard, by the way? How do you how do you feel? Oh, Lord. Oh, goodness. I think (laughs) I felt pretty good before. I think I had pretty good amount of points the first time, I think. I think I'm doing well, all right. <laughs> you you're absolutely doing all right. You're uh you crushed it. Um you're actually on on the leaderboard. You you are in first place actually. What? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm <laughs> totally serious. So when I went back and looked at this, I was like, you know what? We haven't given her her spotlight. I got to go back. I got to go back. Got to go back. Got to get her up here. Give her her interview and uh, I think it's so amazing. So I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Woo. Yeah. So let's let's chat. Let's chat a little bit. Um, let's talk about uh, you titled your interview today. It's not about me. And I like that that title. I want to hear why did you title it that way? Mm. Uh, because of my story, we always talk about our why. And for me to get to that title and that topic, it, it's been a long journey for me to figure that out. Right. And so when I say it's not about me, all the things that I went through um, after praying this prayer, sometimes we don't know what we're praying. Right. I said, God, use me to be an example of your love, your grace, mercy and redeeming power. And I meant it wholeheartedly because of all the things I'd seen, you know, through other people's stories and how they inspired. And I wanted to be that inspiration. Right. I really love people with with the core of who I am. And I said, well, God, I just want to be an example of your love, your grace, mercy, and redeeming power. But when you pray certain things and you ask for certain things, there's more to it because God's ways are higher than ours. And, you know, we don't always understand what that all entails, but I figured out through my journey that it has not been about me. And I know we'll get to talk about some of those things now in just a moment. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love that prayer, by the way. Um, one of the topics that you wanted to discuss today um, on your sheet here, you talked about being in the dark. So I want to kind of unpack that. What did you mean by being in the dark? Well, <laughs> I, I've kind of alluded to this some a little bit. Being in the dark. <laughs> I was I come from a really country town, right? Really small. Um, and every place you live and every city has a different type of atmosphere. And every time I attempted to do something, it seems like nobody could see me. It, I would be saying, look, I'm trying to help. Look at my heart. I mean, well, 
you know, pick me, uh, you know, don't you see that I'm here? I'm right here. And every time I, I did that with all of the purest intentions, it felt like I was invisible. It felt like I was in the dark. Um, so when that happened, it just, it was, it started to become very hurtful. And I wasn't understanding, you know, being in your teens and your twenties, you're starting to learn how to navigate this thing called life, right? But I couldn't understand for anything why nobody could see what I saw in myself at the time. So it started to take a different turn and started leading kind of to, towards depression. And no, absolutely towards depression because I felt like I wasn't important enough. Mm. So <laughs> being in the dark, I started to compare myself as to why others were being seen. You know, why why I couldn't be seen and why I couldn't, you know, love on people the way I wanted to, why I didn't have any type of a platform, why I couldn't get all of this out of me that I knew I wanted to do. And that comparison then led to unhealthy things, right? Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. It's the thief of productivity. It's the thief of purpose. It's the thief that causes unhealthy healthy competition, right? It keeps you wavering and wasting your time. You're wasting your currency of time because you keep trying to reach and feel and, and try to find your way out of the dark because you're comparing yourself to whatever other people are doing. And you just try to reach and grab for every good idea, every you know new trend. And I was in that place, in the dark, mm. in the dark. Wow. That's like, okay. So it reminds me of, you know, I mean, we're on clubhouse, right. And we got the, the connected to Instagram. Right. And so Instagram, you know, you're scrolling and everybody's putting their best life out there. Right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, people can start to compare, right. You start to scroll through Instagram and you're looking at all of this, just amazing life that people are living. Right. And you start mm -hmm. to compare yourself and you go, man, I'm not living that life. You know right. what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. how do I, how do I get that? And, 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 you know, but what you don't see is that's not what their real life looks like. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You see and what I'm saying? They're just mm -hmm. putting, they're just putting up their, the best pieces of it. They're not putting the, the, the other stuff. Exactly. And when, when you, we talk about that, there's a story that I tell my son, my son is 22, I'm 44. And my son is 22, but when he was in high school playing baseball, right, uh, there was this one catcher. He was a catcher. There's one catcher that was always, you know, getting the spotlight, right? Always getting the spotlight. And my son, honestly, the coach was like, your son is great. He's, he's awesome. He's excellent. He does everything, blah, 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 blah. And he was working his butt off all the way down to raking the field at the end of the game and helping and coaching and helping, you know, motivate all the other kids. But he never got to start. And with this story, I, I kept saying, gosh, what is it? So I went to the coach, at, not as a mom saying, how dare you, but tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to teach my son to position him to have an opportunity. And the coach folded his hands together and he said, nothing. I, 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 I know. And he said, nothing, because honestly, out of my 20 plus years experience, your son is one of two players I would trust my entire team with, right? And so when I started to look at this whole story, the next thing comes up, 
he starts Jordan the next game and my son is in the newspapers. Awesome catch, throw, you know, throwing people out, RBIs, all of this thing is happening, right? Um, and my son's confidence started to diminish because he's not a tall catcher, he's 5'8". And so he was thinking, is this what's wrong with me? And he started to compare, right? Like we're talking about. And so when I looked at it, I said, you know what, Jordan? I said, we have to look at this a little different. You never know what somebody else is going through. You never know what highlight reels we're looking at, right? So talking about the other player now, what happened was that kid got the spotlight in every game. Everybody chanted his name, chanted his name, chanted his name, and not knowing that he was dealing with drugs, depression. And guess what? That was his only moment to shine. So while we're comparing someone else's moment to shine, we don't know where their journey is going to end. And to wrap this part of the story up, his journey ended in his first year of college. So when we're saying, I wish I could do this, oh, I'm going to be like this person, or we're comparing ourselves and trying to get to where someone else, you don't know where their journey is going to end. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Our journeys start in different places. Our journeys end in different places. So if you compare and you try to navigate your life by somebody else's highlight, you may end up exactly where they are. So I told him to take comfort, to take a step back and learn from where he was and develop where he was and maximize that moment because that child, that was all he had. That was the only memory he had of his spotlight. But then my son, after which did other things, and now he's in the military and other things, and it wasn't that crucial of a thing to his whole purpose, right? But if we leave comparison at the forefront, then we could self-sabotage. Wow, that is so powerful. Um, so, you know, you had mentioned just a minute ago that there was a time and a period that you had felt in the dark no one was seeing you, you know, you were raising your hand saying, pick me, pick me. Mm -hmm. and you were, you were shining, but you weren't really being seen, but I feel like you're being seen now. Are you in that season? Because, you know, obviously you came up here, you crushed it uh, in the tournament and now we're, <laughs> you know, you're being seen today. Okay. You're going to learn today. <laughs> right. So I, I just want to know, are you kind of in a different season of your life? I am. I am in a different season. And this is why. While while I was in the dark being hidden, what sometimes we don't realize we're being hidden in plain sight sometimes. And in, in, in the dark moments are when diamonds are created in obscurity. Oh, that's good. under pressure. Under oh, pressure. Diamonds are created in the dark. So while I was fighting to come out of the dark prematurely. Prematurely is the word. Right. I could have aborted my purpose as a whole because in the dark is where I was being formed in the dark before God begins to purge and cut all the facets of who I am is where you get solidified. That's where the diamonds become hard and, and able to withstand pressure and all of these things that we need 
to fight, you know, different situations and stand strong and all these things in the dark. And so what I decided to do in those places, finally, once I understood, I was like, well, God, you know what, you know better than I do. So I guess I'll just, I'll just work on a few things. That I'll just work is on so good. That mm-hmm. is so good. It, I mean, so the, I, I have a couple of stories that I can relate to exactly what you're talking about. When I was in the mm-hmm. auto industry, I was trying to, hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. I wanted to move up. Uh, I wasn't ready for it, to be frank about it, uh, even though I was the top producer, but I wasn't ready. Um, and and God was um, sharpening me, and, and I was I moved out, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. So I know that it was one of those situations where, uh, the diamond is created in pressure. And and then right now I'm going through a situation very, very similar where I've got, I'm in the financial services industry and I've got all this compliance and regulatory issues mm-hmm. that I'm being, I, I'm under a lot of pressure right now. I'm under a lot of pressure, but I know like in the season, when you're in the moment, it's like hard to see it. Like, why, yeah. God, why, <laughs> why am I being, why are you pressuring yeah. me? Right. Yeah. But but I know there's a reason for this. Like I'll, five years from now, I'll look back and go, oh, okay. All right, That's God, I, I see you. I see you. <laughs> That's exactly it. And ha- listen, had I come out from that moment of training and developing and hardening and being molded prematurely, like we said, I, could, I couldn't have learned all of these different things. And what came from that? Trevor, what came from that for me? I didn't like the way we sounded back home talking like this. So when I started doing voiceover, we back in the country. This is what we sound like. This is actually what I sound like when I'm talking to my mom and daddy. Right. I didn't like it. So I started practicing. I like it. This is El Michelle, (laughs) the lady with the red hat and the red microphone or talking like a little girl. I started to develop all of these things and we're going to get back to why it's not about me in a minute. But. When I, when I was in the dark, I was practicing. I was practicing saxophone. And then what happens is it seems like all of these years, right? All of a sudden, whoo, where did she come from? No, no, no. Mm-mm. This has been, I'm 44. This has been years worth of, you know, being behind the scenes, doing media behind the scenes, being hidden in plain sight, developing, growing. So I encourage everybody always to when you're in those moments, don't try to push yourself prematurely past it because it's going to be a purpose later on that you're going to realize, just like Trevor said, oh, I was supposed to be learning something right then. So always ask God, why this moment? Why now? And teach me what I can learn so that I can pass the test to move to the next level that you have for me. Never said that is gold right there. And I want I want to say I love all your voices. OK, <laughs> so I, I do. And so I want to hear some of those voices. Right. You do voiceover work. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Share Share with us. I want to hear a few of those. OK, so um, one of the ones that I started off with was this one. I used to when they were answering machines instead of voicemail, uh, I played a prank on all of my family and put this on my parents answer machine. We're sorry, the number you have reached has been disconnected or is no longer in service. If you feel you have reached this recording in error, check the number or try your call again. This is a recording, 903832. And then then you have reached the voicemail box for 555-7755. Please leave a message after the tone. Or this is Alexa adding to your cart. And then, I am speaking on Dallas, and this is my cousin Hector. 
<laughs> and last name Simpson, first name Bart. If you could do the Bart, you're bad like Michael Jackson. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> just yeah, all kinds of stuff. So and yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny. My, my mom. I love that. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I like I like the Simpsons. I grew up on the Simpsons. So you you got me with the Bart. That is awesome. It's <laughs> <laughs> so. You also play the uh, the saxophone, and I've heard you come up in here and crush it a few times. So um, I'd love for you to share with this audience some of your your beautiful music are you uh, well, are you ready to do that well thank you i sure would i'd love that trevor absolutely one of my other voices here okay <laughs> so anyway i will and if i could do a sound test for just two seconds it shouldn't take but a second to make sure it's not too loud for you guys okay sounds good to me all right how's that sound sounds good on my end all right here we go. Them that's got shall get, them that's not shall lose. So the Bible says, and it still is news. Mama may have, and Papa may have, but God bless a child that's got his own, that's got his own. Yes, the strong get more while the weak ones fade. Empty pockets they never seem to make the red Mama may have and Papa may have, but God bless the child. That's got his own Let's get his own. Oh, 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 when you've got money, you've got a lot of friends. Round and round your door. Oh, oh, oh. When the money's gone, I'm spending it. Yeah. They don't go around no more. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, rich relations give trust and bread and search. You can help yourself, but don't. Thank 
got his own got his own here's a little bit of tennis sack with that voice who was that that's my friend Marcellus. it is i <laughs> oh wow dang now that's a voice for you right there <laughs> <laughs> absolutely one of my favorites ever el yeah. michelle wow yeah. that was just uh beautiful i was over here like Ooh, okay hold <laughs> up that's baby making music right there shoot uh -oh, i like that <laughs> don't play <laughs> That was awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, congratulations right now. You are, you know, you're in first place doing really, really good in this tournament. <laughs> and we're still looking for more, uh, more champions to come up here and, uh, and shine their light like El Michelle just did. And if I can get everyone on stage, and everyone in the audience to so do me a huge favor if El Michelle brought you any kind of value if you enjoyed the music the the uh voiceover and all that good stuff anything at all if she spoke to you today I want you to go ahead and we're going to do a reverse follow just go and click on her profile she's up towards the uh top of the stage click on that give her a follow ring that bell because she's crushing it out there El no. Michelle we appreciate you <laughs> Thank you so much. And to know that I'm in first place with your competition. Oh, my God. Uh, I feel like I need an acceptance speech now. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what we're going to be doing with this tournament, guys, is we're going to go several uh, several rounds. Okay, so I'm still looking for a few more folks, and then we're going to go round two. We're going to go all the way to the finals, and uh, it's going to be amazing. And we've got some amazing prizes and and some really cool things coming. So I'm really really excited about it. El Michelle, you're already crushing it. So I, I have a feeling I will see you in the finals. I just have that feeling. Ooh, yay! Woohoo! I'm ready. <laughs> All right. And and there is somebody who who uh, I'm going to say is a champion already because they've been hitting us up in the DMs. They're like, pick me, pick me, pick me. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. And so I want to give a special somebody uh, a couple minutes here, just two minutes uh, to tell us what their definition of a champion is. Uh, We're not going to play the full the full tournament today uh, just because of time. But I wanted to give Paulette Bonheur, I hope I'm saying your last name correctly. Paulette, are you here with us today? I am here. Hi, Paulette. How are you? Trevor, how are you? I am so good. So, Paulette, I wanted to give you just a couple minutes in here uh, because we have... I know you've just been like, pick me, pick me, pick me, like like uh, El Michelle was talking about, right? So I wanted to go ahead and pick on you, just give you two minutes in here. Tell us, what's your definition of a champion? Oh, for sure. So I think when I was here that morning, first and foremost, the first day that I stepped into this Breakfast with Champions room, I had seen it in my hallway for many, many months, and I just never, for some reason, stopped in. And I came in the room, and you were doing the game show, and I, I was a little bit lagged in the competition, but I got a chance to do the rebuttal. And what I said that day was, for me, it was resilience, right? Like, that's what makes a champion. It's somebody that's resilient. Like you get knocked down nine times and you get up 10, right? Like you get up and you get up and you show up and you show up and you stand in the gap, not only for yourself, but for other people. So for me, a champion is someone who is so resilient. You're like, I think somebody said it on this stage. You're like, man, why does that person keep on coming back? It's like the cat with nine lives, the roach that just won't die. But whatever you do, they just keep coming and coming. And every time they come, they come with more force and they keep applying pressure and applying pressure until one day you look up and you're like, dang, that's a diamond. And you didn't see it coming. That's what I think is a champion. Wow, I like that. Bravo, bravo, great job. Paulette, you are definitely a champion for sure because uh, I I remember that happened to you. I remember like, something happened you got kicked off stage or whatever but you kept coming back up and you are resilient and i love that you've been um you know just keep just you're just showing up just show up right and that's you i love that so thank you so much for coming and uh i have a feeling we're gonna see a lot more of you just gonna throw that out there (laughs) you're absolutely right trevor and you know what when you're in a room and in a space and in the atmosphere of champions even if you think, you know, hey, I, I'm here the first day. I don't know if I belong here, right? You, you get a little imposter syndrome. And as the days goes on, you, you know, you feel like, you know what? I absolutely belong here. And you know why I belong here? Because I'm in a space where people are out here winning. They're winning, they're grinding, and they're resilient, and they're telling their stories. And every single day, you hear the people that you look up to and that are so successful talk about their journeys and how they've overcome so much. And you think to yourself, 
I'm in the right place. These are my people. These are my people. So, Miss L. Michelle, I love you, but I'm coming for the crown. I'm coming for it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> snap. <laughs> I love that. Little competition ain't hurt nobody. I love it. I love it. I love it. Guys, uh, that's my time for today, but I do want to make sure I... Uh, throw this out there guys uh, again my name is trevor houston i'm the host of the who you know job networking show and i help job seekers get back to their cash flow so if you are currently in transition right like you're you're looking to get back to your uh, next successful opportunity or maybe you're wanting to level up okay you're just wanting to level up your career uh you can go to my instagram bio there's a link to a career transition summit it is free 99 to the community it's the way that we get to serve and give back in our communities i'm going to show you how to get noticed and get out of that black hole when you apply online your resume just goes into a black hole so i'm going to show you how to get it out get noticed get attention and uh you know get back to your cash flow so go to my instagram bio you'll find that link i'd appreciate that and you can sign up um, without further delay, though, we have an amazing champion who always lights me up. The one, the only. Danelle Delgado. Good morning. The, Good morning. The, Hi, Glenn. I see magical, you in here. With the magical intro. I love the little, it's like you're a fairy coming in, like a little, little, Little fairy Janelle coming in to sprinkle her magic dust. You know, Janelle, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to um, the folks about the uh, summit, the Listening Beyond Summit that you are going to be keynoting, uh, and I get to keynote as well in um, New York yes. City. And I, I said, here's what I said about you, Janelle. I said uh, the thing about Janelle is that everyone she touches turns to gold. Not everything she touches turns to gold, which that's probably true too, but everyone she touches turns to gold. And they were like, wow, now that's something. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> what's great about Danelle Delgado. She brings out the best in all of us. So good morning, my dear friend. Super excited to listen to you this morning. And more excited that I'm going to get to see you on Monday. So. I know. <laughs> it's been too long. I think this is our longest stretch without hanging out. Right? Don't I like thank, it at you. All. thank you. <laughs> thank you, Trevor, for uh, the angel invitation <laughs> and Glenn. Oh, for you're so welcome. <laughs> you <laughs> are an angel. I love it. You, you, I told you, you speak with that authority too. So you got the authority of an angel coming in here hot i love it <laughs> thank you thank you thank you thank you um i love 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 anticipate tuesday mornings now you guys make sure you tell me moderators if it gets a little loud out here i'm sitting outside um and the birds and it's beautiful and i just wanted some peace to be able to share this message this morning but sometimes the birds get a little mouthy so you guys let me know if it gets too loud and distracting um welcome everyone who is in this room what a room i want you to think for just a minute about 
what it took to build this room. I want you to think about Glenn Lundy on here 16 hours a day to create a space, to create connections. How many extra phone calls, extra Zoom calls, um, generous gifts that he gave in order to bring incredible humans to you so that you would have a place to always go and listen to while you're driving, while you're walking, while you're working, while you're waking up a place to share truth with you. And I'm sure that goal in the beginning wasn't to win a clubby or be, you know, the number one of all things. The goal was to make a difference. And I've watched Glenn do it, right? We, we all who are up here speaking have done it on certain platforms, have done it in certain places of our lives that we're proud of. There's other places that we want it to happen. Um, but it took a lot of effort and years of work to create. And it's pretty dang incredible, but he wasn't just doing the actions. And so this morning, those of you who know, know that I love to share my top 10 lists. I think if I give you, you know, five to 10 tips of things you can call attention to in your life, I'm going to hit almost everybody who is listening today, everybody who is listening, everybody who is inviting, all of your intentions for listening this morning uh, are going to be made worthwhile by at least one moment that I get with you this morning. I try to hit every different personality style, every different type of human, um, male, female, uh, those who are hurting, those who are happy, every single human, there's a place for you to grow and grab hold of that goal, just like Glenn did, right? He had so many lives in mind when he was creating this. I think about uh, all of the people that I'm seeing in here. Barbara, who has been here so many times for me. Uh, Dr. Rowe, Alpha, Liza. Um, we've, we've got, uh, you know, look at, I'm looking, Molly's up in here. Scott, Joy, all of these people who are here every single day. Right. And I get the blessing to come in here once a week and pour my heart and soul out to you and hopefully make a difference. And all of these people are making the platform incredible so that I can take a moment and pour into you. And I want you to think about your own life. I want you to think about how hard you have worked to get right where you are. How many lessons you have learned to know what you know right? It doesn't matter if you're winning off the charts or if it's one of the hardest times in your life. You've worked really hard to get here. You've worked really hard to stay alive, to listen, to grow, to be a human who's going to be an asset in the world, or you wouldn't be listening here. All of us have worked our guts out to be alive, to be here today. And I want to help you take it just to this next level, okay? So uh, I want to I want to help you understand why is it that some people are winning and some people aren't, right? Why is it that you've had this one goal for a very long time and maybe you haven't achieved it yet? Or why is it that you've achieved so much, but maybe the one thing you want isn't happening? I, I want you to think about what you want this morning. I want you to think about why you're here. Why are you on Breakfast with Champions, the number one breakfast club in the world, okay? The Millionaire Breakfast Club, why are you here? And I want you to write down what's that next big goal that you want to hit. What is that next big step? Now, this can be anything. This can be a business goal. This could be a personal goal. This could be a relationship goal, a health goal, a spiritual goal. This could even be a break-free goal. 
from something that's held you back for a really long time. Maybe it's a thought you've had forever that's slowing you down. Maybe, um, maybe it's a current situation that you just want to miraculously change. Uh, I believe my life is made up of miracles like that uh, by focused thought and action that is completely transformed. So I want you to write it down. Okay, you can write it in your phone, you can write it on a piece of paper if you're like me in a car, I write it on an envelope or my leg, whatever is nearest, um, as I have these thoughts. But I want you to write down that single one goal that is the next big step for you. That is that next win, that is that next stepping stone for you to take the leap. Okay, are we clear? I think I hammered that point home. I want you to think about how bad you want it. Like, how bad do you want it? How many of you guys have these goals that you want so badly? You can hardly think of anything else. You'll maybe even delay everything else in your life to hit it. Does it bring you to tears? Does it make you so excited? Is it so much? You're praying about it every single day. You're asking for it. You're working forward. Why is it you want to hit it? I want you to take time to write down the why right? What's it going to do for you? What's it going to do for others? Who's going to hurt or be hurt if you don't hit it? How's it going to affect others? How are other people going to win if you do? Maybe write down the timeline, like how long have you wanted this to come to fruition? How long? Okay, now if you're in here and you're like, okay, I get it, I get it, write down a goal and you didn't answer every single one of those questions or write down the questions in order to answer them later when I'm talking slower and you have a minute of your own brain time to think, the odds of you hitting that goal are very small. You have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60 year record this past January. All of these dealers join the 800% club and together we continue to work. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you. You and your team? So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Because people don't just speak things and they come to fruition. I know a lot of people talk about manifestation and the power of manifestation. Yes, it's much more than just speaking a goal. Okay, It works, uh, but there's much more to it. I think about how many people have come to me and said, Danelle, make me a millionaire. Glenn says, what I touch turns to gold. Who I touch turns to gold. Well, when I'm working with a human, see, when I was working with Glenn, every time, he's probably, not probably, he's one of my best friends in the whole world, okay? Eliza was on here. Eliza's one of my best friends in the whole world. When, when we talk about working together, I don't just want to help them once in a while or when I see them. 
I'm praying for them all the time. They're in my daily gratitude journals. I'm writing down different humans who I think of at all times as I'm praying over their goals, as I'm planning over their goals, as I'm rewriting. Glenn and I are getting ready to go out to Carter Myers Automotive in Virginia on Monday. And we have been working on this plan that you're going to probably want to watch social media for. <laughs> for a long time. We've been working with them for over a year, almost two years now. And I'm invested in them, their goals, their whys, which one of Liza's employees want to work hard so they can pay for their kids' college, which ones are working on their marriages, which ones are working on their personal health goals. Listen, most people don't spend enough time planning, prepping, preparing, thinking through, understanding how their every single action works to know how to hit a goal out of the park. Most people don't obsess over a goal. They obsess over working. They obsess over doing. They obsess over, um, you know, just don't quit. And I want to tell you one reason that I know how to take a goal with myself or anyone else and take it through across the finish line is because of how I look at the goal and how I prep someone's mind for the goal and how I help them plan for the goal. Your mind is the greatest tool you'll ever have. You've probably heard enough mindset coaching on this stage to last you a lifetime. Well, I'm gonna give you a different kick today. You've probably had some, like you've probably heard it a thousand times. You might also have heard all of this training about the mind in general for years and you already know it. You could probably teach it. But I want you to do it a little bit differently today. I want you to take this one goal and I want you to put this goal in the mental training today. I'm going to give you 10 tips, okay? 10 tips on how to get what you want mentally so you can have the physical equivalent. But I want you to put one goal in here. I want you to focus these top 10 on the one thing you want most next. And I want you to think about organizing your life and your mind in a way that would make this one goal come to fruition. Okay? So, so here's what I want to talk about. Most people don't hit their goals because their conscious mind wants it so bad. Their daily thought mind, their awake mind, the, you know, however many 12, 16, 20 hours, if you're Glenn Lundy, hours you're awake every single day is your conscious mind. Your conscious mind has a capacity, okay? Most people are thinking about it every hour they're awake, but when they're asleep, they don't think about training their autopilot mind, Okay, they're subconscious. You being on here on Breakfast of Champions every day, you learning, you reading, this is growing your subconscious mind. The mind that thinks on autopilot when you're not telling it what to do. Okay, that subconscious mind, man, it's, it's very interesting because your conscious mind knows what it wants. You've wanted this goal for a while. There's something you want to achieve. Great. Great. Why isn't it happening? How many of you on here have said that to yourself? Why can't I get it? Why can't I do it? Why is it taking so long? Well, your subconscious mind needs to prove that it's worth the benefit, right? Your mind that's working on autopilot is still working from your perceptions of the past, okay? The majority of humans operate off of fear, 
constantly. They're constantly afraid. They're afraid of failing. They're afraid of money. They're afraid of somebody hurting them. They're afraid of other people's opinions. They work from negativity. Um, even though they say they're positive and they read uh, when they're at home or they're frustrated or their emotions get the best of them, they have a horrible self-talk. You can hear it in any sentence they say. Um, their, their brain, their subconscious is operating off of lies. So I want you to picture those two magnets with opposite ends towards each other and you have them fighting each other and shoving each other away. That is the situation of most people's brains. One is saying, I want this more than anything in the world. And the other one is saying, I'm incapable more than anything in the world and I need to feel safe. Okay. Your subconscious mind, its primary directive is to help you survive. Okay. Not to help make your dreams come true. That's not the same brain. Okay. And when the tough gets going, when life gets hard, when you cannot manage, the subconscious mind is the one that takes care of everything. It makes you move before you can understand. It operates your instincts. Okay. You've heard of fight or flight. A lot of people up on the stage here, I understand you're fighters, not flighters. Some people are fighters in certain areas, but they're flighters in other areas, right? If, um, if we were to talk about the power of your health, Liza Borges, who is up here, man, she would beat you any day of the week twice on Tuesdays because of how she has trained her brain to operate based on her health subconsciously and consciously. Okay, so here's here's what I'm going to give you. I know that was a long intro, but I want you to understand that was 16 minutes based on how you think about a goal and how you're operate, operating on a daily basis. Everything I do comes down to strategy. And here's why. My life was a mess. And at different points through my journey, my journey was a mess. The only thing that I could count on was strategy. That's because my conscious mind could only be so tough. My subconscious mind had to be training like a banshee, man, training over and over and over again. I had to know what I was going to do the next day so clearly that I would fall asleep thinking about how many phone calls I was going to make, how many sponsors I was going to get for live events, how many things I was going to do to lay the path for success to happen the next day. So there was no capability for me to go to sleep on anything else except the goals and the plans and the maps and the assuredness that I had to win. That's how you make a goal come to fruition. You don't make a goal come to fruition occasionally. People will tell me all the time, well, I need to work on my consistency. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. It's an oxymoron. You need to work on your consistency. You either need to be consistent or not. You need to do daily or you do not. Which one is going to work? Okay, the subconscious can only be trained by always. It cannot be trained by sometimes. And so I want you to think about it. If you're thinking about you're going to make this goal come to fruition, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. But on Tuesdays, you get down and out and you're like, maybe this isn't the thing. Maybe I'm frustrated. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe only they can. Oh, somebody else is doing the goal. I can't do it. Those little games we play in our mind every single day are what are killing our dreams. They're what are killing our goals. They're what are killing our ability to say something and actually be our word to do it. If you were to do a study of how many people said they were going to do something and actually did it, you might be shocked. A tiny percent of humans are actually their word to themselves and to others 
And it's because of these things that they are training. So here's what I'm going to take you through. Okay. Because I remember listening to people who were up on a platform and had a stage. And I remember thinking, well, sure, they've got it all together. Easy for you to say. I can't tell you how many times I've been doing something really amazing with my kids or with my clients. And people write on there, must be nice right? Um, I was out driving, working with um, an automotive dealership out in uh, Missouri, and they were so cool. And, um, and uh, they gave me, they know how much I love supercars and <laughs> all of these things. It's hilarious. And so they gave me this incredible Jaguar to drive while I was out there. And I was laughing as I was getting um, messages about, oh my gosh, to know, watch your speed. We know about your record, you know, all these kinds of things. And it was amazing. And a couple people messaged and were like, must be nice right? Must be nice. The pandemic has hit us and we can't even afford anything. And I started conversations with people and, and I was like, listen, this current state, uh, I want you to learn, is your mind cheering for other people when they win? Or is it focused on your trauma and your hard times? And for me, I want you to understand, I came from nothing. And in that trauma, I trained my brain by my patterns, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, how to cheer for everyone winning, how to hang with those winning, how to never let my brain come by anything else other than progress and strategy and lessons and truth. Um, most of us have just learned for a very long time how to make sure we stay where we are, right? If you decide that you want to become something massive, I want you to understand the old thoughts cannot still be welcome. The old doubts and the old patterns will ensure that you don't. Guys, you have to have little um, ways to get rid of them. So, so I just want you to understand this, okay? I've come from nothing. I know what it's like to have that. I've had highs and lows. I've had million dollar years, multi-million dollar years, and thousand dollar years. I've had days where I didn't know how to put food on the table for my kids. I've had days where I had them feasting all over the world. I have had uh, moments where the world is for me and I have incredible humans around me that I have fought blood, sweat, tears, tooth and nail for. And I have days where my closest friends have betrayed and pummeled me. And so all the highs and lows of life um, don't come down to what has happened to us, right? They come down to how we process life. And I want to help you process life in a way that moves you forward. I want to help you process life in a way that your mental capacity guarantees your success. It doesn't stunt your success. Okay? So here we go. Are you ready? My top 10. Man, I got warmed up this morning. Mm -hmm. But it's really, really important because even winners, even people who are winning so big, it's dangerous in their mental state. It's dangerous for them to think that everything's always coming up roses, okay? They have to train it. What is trained is truth. And so I want to give you these top 10 that you've maybe heard before, but I want you to think of them in a specific setting for a specific goal. So does everybody have their goal? Okay, what is your next big goal? Can be in any area of your life that you want. Okay, 
any area of life that you want. And I want to give you these top 10, okay, on how to get what you want mentally, on how to train your subconscious, influence your subconscious to help you. Okay? So get on in here. You got your goals. Okay. Anyone, let me just see. Okay, I'm gonna see how brave these leaders are. Moderators on here, I wanna hear what your next big goal is. And I'm having you do this for a couple of reasons. What are a couple of next big goals that you really want to hit right now? Let's hear them. I want you to hear how these people think. So Danelle, the next big goal uh, for me and my family as far as financially is Three million annual net. That is the right. big goal. There it is. Three million annual net. Okay, great. Now, right now, in everybody's mind, I want you to think about how you felt when he said that. Okay, was there excitement? Was there oh? Was there must be nice? Was there holy crap, Glenn? Way to go, right? Like I want you to think about this just for a minute about what happened in your body. Okay, next person. Let me hear moderators. What you Thank got? You know. Dr. Rowe. Thank you. Dr. Rowe, the NICU. Let's hear you. My goal is to pay my house off in 30 days. Okay. Pay house in 30 days. Boom. I feel like I need sound effects. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, NICU, what's yours? Hello, gorgeous. All the, hello, beautiful. All the mic claps for you, Dr. Rowe. My next big goal, Danelle, is to help 100,000 women rebalance their hormones, get rid of chronic bloating and inflammation holistically through food and mindfulness. Very good. Okay, can you imagine if all the women of the world felt better, what would happen? What a great goal, right? What if they knew what was going on in their bodies? Okay, anybody else? Big goals. Danelle, it's Tamara. Uh, a collective goal, goal that my husband and I are working on is getting oceanfront property by the end of 2022. I love it. Ocean front. Okay. 2022. Very good. Start shopping. <laughs> okay. Who else? What do we got? Coach this Isaac, is Ashley. Ashley, let's hear it. Perfect. <laughs> um, the goal for the shopping network is to hit a million this year and also to bring on 20 women. And we also want to sell out our next, next conference of 500 seats. So that's where we're at right now. Good. Very good. All right. Now, listen, everyone who's on here, okay? These are great goals. They're very strategic. They're very specific. Some people will have personal ones. Some will have financial ones. They are so focused, okay? I guarantee you, Okay, there, there is a pattern that I teach for people to not miss their goals. There also is a commitment that I teach where I don't allow any single one of these humans to not hit that goal or to not stop till it's done. Okay, I think so many people in this life um, set a goal and settle for nearly hitting the goal that they're training their subconscious brain every single day to miss every goal that they set. They're training it to underachieve. Right. And so this is this is like step number one. Understand if you write a goal, if you say a goal, you better be writing it every single day. You better have your plan mapped every single day about what you need to do in order to hit hit that goal by the time that date comes around, okay? It has to be so specific and so concrete. There is no underachieving, okay? I'm going to go meet with Glenn. We're going to guarantee that goal, 
right? I, I guarantee you, Tamara, I guarantee you, Niku, I guarantee you, Dr. Rowe, they're all working with people. Ashley, too, they're all working with people to help them guarantee that they hit their goal. They are never shy about needing help, about having people on board to help them hit it, okay? Because here's the deal. Your brain can only do what you've trained it to do, okay? And the only way to increase your brain's activity is to have other people around you who can do the same, who can bring it higher, okay? So, so as I go through this list, understand, you can only do what you can do. I guarantee you, you have part of your brain that is trained really well, and part of your brain is still operating in partials and wrong perceptions, okay? Every single one of you can probably write down a thought that somebody said to you while you were growing up that hurt you immensely, that you've spent your life trying defending in the other direction, okay? Maybe they said you were stupid and you work your whole life to be proven you're smart. Maybe they said you were ugly and you work your whole life to be proven beautiful, okay? Everybody is working on these antidotes. And the majority of people out there will tell you, and I've trained it as well, you have to have opposites in order to make it work, right? If you're really negative this way, you have to work really positive the other way. They work on helping you become your own antidote, okay? Well, I wanna give you 10 steps today to help you guarantee this goal is happening because of how you are training that brain to move on and move up, okay? So here we go. Your top 10 to influence your subconscious, okay? Knock these goals out of the park. Okay, there we go. Sorry, I was hearing some peeps. All right. First, before I give you these, how many of you guys are going to pop in some new friends in here? Oh, good. We jumped the room. I like it. Let's do this. Okay. I want you to think about this. How many of you know other people who need to win? Why would you not click that button? Why are you okay growing alone? Tip number one. <laughs> okay. Tip number one is people. Tip number one is your people. If you want to influence your subconscious while you're asleep, while it's resting, while you're not thinking, understand you need to be spending time with heroes. Okay. If you only had three heroes, who would they be? Like right now, who are the people who are doing what you want to do? Who are the people who are inspiring you? Who are the people who you, man, they walk in a room or you've seen them, the energy shifts, it changes. They believe more than you do. They fight more than you do. They've had more success than you do. They have made a difference more than you have where you're like, man, if I could just hang out with that human, I want you to write their names down. I want you to write their names down and I want you to understand your brain can only operate to the level you think. You have to get bigger thinkers around you. Every single year, I write down 12 heroes. Once a month, I travel the world and I meet these 12 heroes. And I have lunch or dinner or a drink or coffee or, or a moment standing in a crowd, but I get a moment with them and I raise my train of thought. I work to help them become friends and connections. I work to serve them. I work to do anything. I work for free sometimes for them because I want to be around their brain power. If you want your brain power to increase, you have to build your people. Okay. It's not just about audio on clubhouse. It's about who you can have dinner with. Dr. Rowe did it to me. 
last week. <laughs> okay. Dr. Rowe, I didn't see them. She had messaged. She had done lots of things. I didn't see them. They're in my hidden inboxes. Okay. And then I get a phone call from Glenn Lundy. <laughs> Glenn goes, Hey, Danelle, I'm calling in a favor. He goes, listen, she's in town. I'm like, we're up in the mountains. What are we doing? Right. I get a text message. I'm like, okay. All right. All right, I brought my daughter. I told her it would just be an hour, right? We sat down and had the most beautiful conversation and I heard her heart. It affected me, my daughter. I was like, I got you, I'm here for you. She fought to have just a moment. Now I'm not saying I'm her hero. I'm just saying she wanted a moment and she fought for it. She fought and fought and fought. She also drove about an hour and a half to meet me at like 9 p.m. And then had to drive an hour and a half back. I'm sure they got home at about 1 a.m. and had to fly out the next day. And, and I want you to think about this. I have done some of the most remarkable, kind, generous things to get in the world with my heroes. Okay? I want you to understand you cannot out-earn your own self-esteem or your circle. So your self-esteem is going to adjust by the people you are surrounded with, by all these other things that I'm going to talk to you about. Your subconscious is trained by the voices in your head, by the humans in your heart, by the books you read. Now, in the beginning, it became books. My heroes, I spent time with in books until I grew into the person of influence who could spend time with them in person. I'm just telling you 100%, if you are not actively seeking three new heroes always, your subconscious mind is operating at a level that won't bring your goal to fruition. It won't. It won't. You can't have the, a bigger future with the same people, right? I can't tell you how many people come crying to me that so-and-so left and you've lost your friends and some people in your family and all these things and life just can never be the same. And I'm like, listen, God gives you blessings sometimes in a form you can't understand. But understand if you're not always changing your circle of people, you will never be changing your life, right? You are supposed to grow and evolve and people have done it faster and better than you and you must spend time with them, right? It's not calling someone a hundred times to ask to spend time with them and getting it, right? It's earning your time. What Dr. Rowe had done with Glenn and made a difference, I had made a difference so Glenn was able to call me and say, hey, this is worth a moment. Can you spend a moment? Because I get phone calls all the time like that, okay? After hearing her story, dang right she deserved a moment. She deserved a lot more than that. And I'm so grateful Glenn spoke up. Because Danelle, Danelle this yes. is Amelia. Hey, hey girl. She hey, not, I just want to really touch on your point about tenacity. Um, Dr. Rowe and Marcus Black um, also chased and drove to come see me, right? So it's it's mm. repetitive, consistent drove out of their way, slamming it into their schedule, taking uh -huh. the advantage of the opportunity, hunting me down to grab those 10 minutes. So when you, when you take a look at it, it's Glenn, you, me, and I'm sure there's a dozen others to what you're saying right now. I hope it's landing for everybody. I mean, I did it too. I, I chased them earlier in my career. You know, I stalked people. I was almost arrested to get time with Warren Buffett, right? Thrown out of a building. <laughs> Right, where he was like, oh my gosh, right, stalked somebody in front of the male 
restroom saying they have to walk by me and I'm going to grab those five minutes. So what you're talking about up in your game, you are so dead on sister, as you always are. So sorry for the interruption, but no. I, just, I had to just really highlight Dr. Rowe. She is with a dog with a bone to get where she's getting next. Yeah, absolutely. Amelia, you're very right. And I think, um, I, I mean, I don't want you to get arrested, but I also, I also, I love it, Amelia. Like the things that you do, it's, it's about, you know, creative attention, right? Um, I, 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 I tell the story all the time, how I got Grant Cardone's attention and what I did and how I sent a video a day to their office, creative video, not a personal video. I went up in airplanes and filmed videos. I went into a piano store and I rewrote songs and I sang to them around 50 grand pianos. And I did as creative things as possible to earn people's respect. And my results got respect as well. So there's a lot of different ways, but you must be actively seeking bigger thinkers and better humans. The bigger thinkers I got around, the better human I became. And the better humans I was around, the bigger thinker I became. And so I want to emphasize this one point, number one, the greatest influence of my subconscious was incredible humans. See, those incredible humans that I ended up being around started drowning out the stories of old that I had growing up, the stories from my parents, the stories from um, all of the um, failures that I had had in my life and the people that were around. Isn't it funny how when we fail, we listen to those people around us when really we should only be listening to the people around us when we're winning, right? Like you shouldn't look to your left and look to your right and see who's with you when you're failing. That's a, that's a failed lost cause, but that's what we do, right? And so I want to challenge you to have some heroes join your circle this year and work to earn those. Don't be frustrated. Don't get mad. Um, but understand that you have to make room for heroes. Also, I want you to think about that um, because people did have the greatest influence on my mind. It took one person to say, hey, Danelle, you're super talented. I think you're the one. I believe in you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to train you. It took one human to erase the 20 different messages my subconscious had from growing up that I was worthless, you know, that I was never going to make it or be anything that I just got the short end of the stick. Right. And so you don't know who your one is going to be. You might meet heroes and understand they're not your heroes after you meet them. Um, you might be real emotional. You might also not have room for them because you're keeping people who shouldn't be in your life, in your life. And they're training your subconscious, right? I can't tell you how even strong people, even strong people have horrible humans in their life who bring them down, right? I was in a mentally abusive relationship for a very long time while winning in this arena. And I didn't even recognize it until massive trauma hit. So I'm telling you, if you want to win, if you want your brain to understand and go to work on your goal while you're resting, you have to have the right people in your life them by getting rid of those who are hurting and affecting that okay heroes aren't going to hang around with hurt humans they're going to hang around with those people who are hungry humans okay so i want you guys rolling with that step number one is your people
okay? The people in your world are speaking messages to your life and your goals every single day. They're the reason that you are being influenced to accelerate. They're the reason you're being influenced to suck, <laughs> okay? So your people, okay? Step number two, your habits. Your habits. There is a rhythm to winning. Glenn has started this group, Breakfast of Champions, because how you start your day is how your day goes. The whole thing, right? His morning five. If you can change how you start your day, you can change how you finish, you can change your whole life. Everything is about Glenn's habits. His patterns adjusted. Your routines and your patterns tell your future. So I want you to think about that goal that you have, that one goal that you have. If you had the right people around you to help you hit that goal, would you hit it? If you had the right habits proving that every single day you are working towards that goal, would you hit it? Yes, 100% you would. I want you to think about the language that you're speaking around that goal. Are you waking up and reciting affirmations about that goal going to be hitting? Is your schedule tied to that goal? Are you achieving something every single day? No zeros any day, right? When I had sales goals, never. That was my only thing I could do. No zeros. No zero days. No zero days. No zero days. That was my habit. That was my pattern until my pattern got better because my people got better and it was like, uh, a hundred a day, a hundred a day, a hundred a day instead of no zeros. But you see how my mind shifted by the people that were around me. In the beginning, it was just don't lose. Later, it became just set the pattern to winning. Okay, so what habits are you keeping that are hurting you? What do you think about it right now? You have a goal. Do you have a habit that's hurting you? Do you have laziness as a habit? Do you have uh, hurt feelings as a habit? What is going on in your rhythm that is keeping you from hitting that goal specifically? Okay, because your rhythms are training your brain on what to continue every single day. Okay, I guarantee you, all of you right now, all of us, including myself, have one rhythm, one pattern that is hurting our success. And unless you call it out and reflect on it, your subconscious is still thinking it's okay to lose. Okay, it's still going to keep you safe and not help you thrive. So you got to get rid of it. What's that one habit that you're embarrassed about that you do in private that you wouldn't do in public? Right? These are real talk. These are real things. If you truly want to win, you cannot lie to your brain. I have this little muscle testing activity thing where I prove that you can't lie um, to your brain. Your brain thinks so much faster than you do. And uh, it happens all the time. I do it at conferences all the time and people are shocked that you can't fake out your brain. Listen, your patterns are your proof. So what you allow is what happens. I want you to hit more goals. I want you to call attention and I want you to be a habit changer so that you can. Okay, that's tip number two. Are you ready? Number three. Number three is your environment. Okay. If you truly want to train your brain to win, if you want to influence your brain, both your conscious, your subconscious, everything that is happening, your environment must be in order. Okay. Messy is distressy. <laughs> That's what I always tell my kids. Okay. Messy is distressy. Clear comes from clean. Okay. Clean is clear. If you are clean and organized and everything is in order, your car is in order, your home is in order. These things, people think they can run by the seat of their pants and still win. I guarantee you, your brain does not operate in chaos. Your best brain is not confused. Your best brain is clear. So clean it up. Hire help. People are like, I just can't do it. I go, listen, great. Take one weekend, get everything in order, commit as a family to keep it that way right? 
Stop allowing messy to confuse your mind. These are little simple things, but I guarantee you, take a look at one goal. Take a look at where you operate on that, where you work from that. Are you operating in stacks of paper or stacks of mess? I know because I used to do that. I used to say, don't mess with my organized chaos. That was totally just a lie. And somebody is now mowing the lawn. So I'm going to adjust where I'm sitting. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. So your environment. What goal is happening right now? What's your focus? Okay. What environmental change do you need to be able to win? Okay. What environmental change do you need? Step number four. You guys ready? Okay. This is just one goal. I want you to take these 10 and focus on this one goal. I want you to get your people right for this goal. I want you to get your habits right and eliminate any of those habits that could keep you from hitting it. I want your environment around this goal pristine. Okay, you guys know I've been working on my health goals. Uh, it's been a long time coming and I had to eliminate everything in my environment. We had to kick out all the candy, all the crap in my house so that I didn't eat it. I had to have my trainer here at my time every single day on Tuesdays. It's at 8 a.m. It's a little bit later because we've got clubhouse, okay? And, and she's here and she makes me do it. She cooks every single meal. She eliminates everything else because my environment has to be correct for me to win. Because if I'm sitting in front of something else in the beginning, I'm going to lose. I am going to choose the Dorito. Let's be real. I love a good chip. Okay. So I want you thinking about this. I want you to understand that unless you get your environment set up to make that goal an absolute it will be an impossible. Your brain can't fake it, okay? Number four, number four. If you want to ignite your subconscious to work in your favor, you must practice visualization, okay? You have to be focused on winning, not on losing. So many, will, so many people just spend time thinking about why things aren't working, what's not happening, how hard it is, and you have to focus your brain. I mean complete visualization every single day. If you write down the goal, sit for a minute and imagine yourself living that goal out. What's it look like? What are your kids doing? What does your family look like? Did it change your home life, right? What does it taste like? What you have to spend time doing this every single day. Olympic athletes spend time every single day visualizing, hitting their targets, winning, finishing the scores that they want. You must learn to either spend time in visualization, meditation, relaxation, positive prayer, okay, whatever it is in there, you have to, have to spend time visualizing it coming to fruition every day, okay? These thoughts have to be more important than the thoughts that scare you. Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live. Every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Okay. Um, I, I, want you, I want you to truly, truly focus on where you're headed. Okay. Um, 
but I, I would tell you nine times out of 10, I'll help entrepreneurs. I'm helping them write their business strategy, earn their business, do all of these steps. And there will come a time where they get scared and they'll call and they'll be like, I just don't know if it's meant to be me. Is it supposed to? How do I know I'm going in the right direction? This is hard. I'm like, when it gets hard is when you start to worry. I'm like, when it gets hard is when you double down. When it gets hard is your breaking point. This is where you've quit every other time. But if you've been focused and you've been visualizing every single day of the win, you don't hit that quit point. You don't hit that break point. You go, here it comes, here it comes. I visualized it. I visualize myself sweaty at the finish line from working so hard, right? Okay, so I want you to take that. If it's money, if it's a new home, if it's a relationship, if it's your fitness, if it's a new car, if it's a vacation, if it's a difference you are going to make in the world, every single day, you must visualize that happening for your goal to be there. This is what is going to open up your mind, your subconscious to allowing you to do it. It's also going to open up your awareness to seek opportunities you would have missed when you weren't focused on the goal so clearly. Okay. I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've been writing down things. I'm focused. I go to sleep. I have this dream about a human I haven't seen in years and I'll go to the store the next day and I'll run into him. And I'm like, I used to be totally shocked. Like, whoa, I legitimately had a dream about you and your daughter, right? At, at yesterday or a couple days ago. And now I'm seeing you. It must meant to be, we must need to have a conversation, right? And I used to be totally shocked. And now I'm like, ha, ah, I missed it. I missed it. You've been showing it to me the whole time. And now I needed to have a conversation, right? Um, so visualization, okay? Number five, you guys ready? We're rolling through these. Number five, uh, playing. Okay. Number five, playing is important. I tell people all the time, I go, listen, your best ideas come out to play, not to work. And if you are working on a goal and you're not enjoying it and you're making it miserable, you are not igniting the number one powerful tool of your subconscious, okay, which is your desires. You must ignite fun and desire all the time in order for a goal to become emotionalized, okay? I take people on retreats all over the world. Glenn has come to Greece with us. Uh, I've done them in Bora Bora and Italy and all over the world, in Vail, Colorado, near my home, okay? I have done these incredible trips where I say, where do people wanna go? Where do you dream to go? We're going to Hawaii in October, we're going to New York in August, okay? There are all of these goals and I go, where do you wanna go? Great, I'll put a retreat there, you can write it off and we're gonna get there. By the time they get there, they're like, this is a dream location. They have emotionalized their dream. I have to do this, I am fighting for this. I show them a, a version of life that they can only imagine and there is no quitting on your desires. If you wanna train your subconscious, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Your brain can go to work on your desires, but you have to be enjoying it. Nobody says this is the most miserable journey of my life, hard, ugly, and I'm yelling at everyone to get the job done and their goals come to fruition. Nobody, that's not how it works. If you see people who are successful and winning, they're probably smiling, right? There's nobody on here who's not smiling, who looks like a jerk on their profile picture if they're winning, right? Winning is fun. Hitting goals is fun. When you are working really hard, if your team is not having a great time, even when there are challenges, you are stopping your goal in its tracks.
because our mind does what feels good. It does not like to do what causes us pain. Subconscious is protecting you. Okay. So if you can teach your brain that hard work is fun, that achieving goals is not painful, but beautiful, you are going to achieve so much more. Your body will start to listen to you, right? Over and over. People are like, Danelle, I can't believe you work that much. Holy cow, you are always traveling and working in airplanes. And I go, well, what you see as disgust and annoying and frustrating and must be hard is the greatest blessing of my life, that I get to travel and see Liza. I get to travel and see Glenn. I get to go into companies that are having a very hard time and I get to fix it. I am people's antidote to problems. Are you kidding me? It's the greatest desire of my heart that I could make a difference, that I could matter in this world. And so your perspective is postponing your goal most often. My perspective is prospering my goal because I have learned that all hard work is fun and play and my best ideas come out in that area, okay? So where are your pains? Where are you putting pain on your brain? Where are you putting frustration, not knowing, right? All of those things that can frustrate you are probably the things that are going to progress you. You just have to put them in the format of desire. So if you're visualizing, you have great people around you, your habits, your rhythm, your environment, you are doing these things over and over. The hard becomes good, becomes play, and it's fulfilling desires. You will have a goal so emotionalized in your spirit you can't ever let it go. It feels so good. It feels so exciting and anticipatory. There's nowhere else but progress. Okay. All right. That's number five. I think I mixed them up as I tell them to you. So I get a little lost. I think, no, that's number six. Is that number six? That's number six. Let's see. I did one, two, three, four, five. That was I think five. that was five. That was five. You guys rock. See, you don't have to be able to count to crush this life, okay? That was number five. Okay, I'm going to run through these really quick. Are you ready? Number six, reading. New information, insight, okay? Insight is number six. You must constantly be reading, not just listening to books. You must be reading in hand, underlining, writing new inspirational quotes, okay? Bedtime stories. I want every adult in this world to read a bedtime story that gets their brain focused on progress, okay? Have a book by your bed. Read 10 pages before you go to bed. I guarantee you your sleeping method you have to tell your brain what to think about, right? This is why when people fight and then they go to bed, they wake up still angry. What a, what a terrible loss of life and a moment to do anything angry, P.S. Okay? I want you to understand, new information is the only thing that can drown out bad lies. Okay? New information. I believe that my brain was stuck in thought for 29 years of my life until I started reading. I didn't even read a book. I graduated from college. I have lots of degrees. Listen, I didn't read a book. Okay, I just did the minimum. When I started doing the maximum, when I started reading and learning and doing this, I never again slowed down and the new information drowned out the old lies, the things that weren't true. New truth is your antidote to anything negative in your life. Okay, this is progress. So you got to read hands down if you're not learning, your brain is maintaining and dying. Okay, so reading books, all the books, 
fun books, good books, truth books, some books I disagree with, but just keep reading. New information, bedtime stories. You are going to put yourself to sleep in a positive progress state. Okay? That's number six. Fantastic. Now, I don't have time to talk about that one. It takes too long. Okay. So number seven, here we go. I'm going to roll through this. Number seven, positive reinforcement, positive reinforcement. This step is called celebration. Okay. Along the path of hitting goals, you have to learn to celebrate. Okay. Now you have to learn that you can't celebrate too soon. I have a lot of people who celebrate their wins before they come to fruition or they start cheering themselves on or they take a break. They do self-care because they've been working so hard. I will tell you, this is very, very important for your brain to understand. You set a goal, you achieve it, you celebrate. You set a goal, you achieve it, you celebrate. That is the only order you can listen to, okay? A lot of people achieve goals and don't celebrate. It might be like you have to make the celebration fit the actual goal, okay? You can't do a massive celebration for a tiny goal, but you have to teach your brain that hard work is worth it. So along with play, when you achieve something really great, you celebrate really great. So your brain wants to do it again. If all you train yourself is progress and pain and keep working hard and just keep going until it happens and you don't take time to celebrate, you will run out of steam. Your brain will start to protect you and say, that's it. It's not worth it. Don't make a difference anymore. Okay. So you have to set up celebration points correctly. Now, a lot of people will do that. If they're, they're like, I'm burnt out, I'm overworked. And I go, well, those two words aren't actually facts. Okay. You probably did something different. You're probably underpaid. If you were making the money that you deserved, you would love the work. Okay. If you set up your schedule correctly and you organized your habits and you had positive reinforcement, you were playing and you were leaning on desires, you also don't get burnt out. Okay. So these are just a couple of things. Those are seven. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple more. Okay. Eight resolution. If you want your brain to help you achieve goals, you have to resolve past crap. Okay. A lot of people can push through and say, Hey, I'll work on that when I'm done. Just work on it while you go through. Okay. Pains of past trauma and things will give you secrets to success. There are a reason there are things you have had to overcome. And if you just work to resolve them quickly while you're winning as a part of your patterns, you'll be resolving things while you're winning the rest of your life rather than needing to take months of time off to resolve pain. Okay, if you can resolve while you're producing, you will create lots of extra success. Now, I have more things to say about this, just not enough time. So just understand, these are tidbits, okay? You can dive in with me in any way you want. You can see me on here, you can write me on Instagram. But understand, if you want your brain to help you win, if you wanna influence your acceleration, you must be getting these things in order. Okay, there are rhythms that I teach. Gratitude is the number one thing that trains your brain without you thinking. Glenn and I have told you forever, right? Five to 10 things you're grateful for every single day, yet still people don't do it. I am not the same human if I don't. I am who I am because of gratitude. I am who I am because I have a reflection system called keep, start, stop, which I talk about all the time, okay? This can be tip number eight or nine whatever it is, 
I write down every single day, what do I need to keep doing that's working? What do I need to stop doing that's not? And what do I need to start doing that will work that I'm not doing yet? Okay, what do I need to keep, start, stop? I used to do it once a week, now I do it every day. And it's just a checkpoint in system to lead myself, right? How many things are you doing right now that you know you shouldn't? How many things do you know that you should be doing to hit a goal and you can't make yourself do them? It's because you're not doing the rest of these that I have listed for you, right? Everyone is capable, some choose it. I want you to choose it. I want you to understand that there is no human that I have ever been around that isn't capable. A lot of times I say, hey, listen, I'm just a talent scout. I seek out exceptional humans and I help them monetize their hard work. Okay, I help them make more for what they're doing in the right way, in the good way. I help them make a difference. I help people get paid and give back. Listen, there are a lot of things I can do, but the number one foundational element to success is training those areas of your brain that have been lied to for so long and that you have allowed, okay? There is no stop on money. There is no stop on impact. There is only those who are committed to do the hard work, those who are committed to progress, to train their brain the truth, right? I choose to have no pain from how I was raised. I choose to love those who hurt me. I have choose to have grace in the hardest situations in the world and focus on the difference I can make. That is trained. That's not just happenstance. You will become what you train. And most people's brains are just trained to protect them and they tell them lies. They hold on to old stories. They hold on to negativity. Their self-talk is horrible. You have trained that. And so if you take a look at this, I just say, take one of these today. Maybe take visualization. Take that one goal that you wrote down that you want so bad, that you've wanted for so long, and go through these steps or any of them. Start visualizing. Start working on cleaning up your environment. Start getting rid of any habits that are hurting your progress. Remember what it's like to play and have fun and talk about your desires with people and find your heroes who would never allow you to hold on to lies, negativity, doubt. They would force your progress and they would force it to be fun. I just want every single one of you to understand it doesn't matter where you came from, if you came from nothing or if you came from everything. All of you should be doing the same work. All of you are capable of creating it right now, but it's just you versus you, right? You have to make that decision. You have to make that focus point. And my hope is that after me talking right now today, you're going to call it out. You're going to go, oh my gosh, Danelle said I'd recognize that bad habit when I saw it. Here it is. It's negative self-talk. Here it is. It's um, alcohol. Here it is. It's whatever it is. And you would call it to the forefront and you would know that how much you believe in that goal and that dream is not happening if you choose to keep it. You cannot lie to your brain. You cannot out trick it, but you can train it. Okay, it can be trained with good habits, great environments, visualization, new information, resolving things that have held you back for a long time, the right people and leading yourself. So ladies and gentlemen, take what you can from today, write down, rate yourself in these areas and understand my primary goal is not to help you survive, it's to help you train your brain, train your patterns, train your actions to become the goal that you always knew you were made of all along.
right? You can come from anywhere at any time, at any moment, but it's a choice to train every single day instead of discuss all the things that you could that would keep you from it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to pass it back to the one and only Glenn Lundy and hope that your day began with a little fire to get yourself on track. Goals are meant to be realized. They're meant to be crushed. I'm going to pass it back to you, Glenn. Ladies and gentlemen, Danelle Delgado. Loved it. <laughs> awesome. There it is. There it is. The one and only Danelle Delgado. Danelle, those yes, are sir. great. I always learn so me. much from you. <laughs> I'm glad. Sometimes they're amazing. Sometimes they're a lot. But it's always just about growth, right? You know why I love Tuesdays, Glenn? I love Tuesdays because I have to prepare. I have to think about what I really want to make a difference in. I have to think about the people. I hop on and listen every once in a while at Breakfast of Champions and what I hear all the time. So thank you for making me train so that I can make a difference. I love it. So awesome to them. You are amazing. And Christoph, Mike flashes for the one and only. Thank you, Danielle Delgado. That was excellent. The Great job. So good. Awesome, Danielle. Amazing. And Love you, Danielle. Such a good chip. You're the best, now. Fantastic, Danielle. Fantastic. Fantastico, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love y'all. You know how to make a girl feel great. I'm going to crush this day. I hope you guys do, too. Love you right back. <laughs> I'll let keep going. Start talking until they're dead. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, thank you. You are an incredible human, and I am so grateful that you choose to spend this space and time with us every week. It is always so incredibly valuable, thought-provoking, and always makes us better. You make us, you make us better. You're a human who makes us better. And I thought the description that Amelia had for Dr. Rowe was spot on <laughs> when she said Dr. Rowe. Totally was. Like, was. like yeah, Dr. Rowe was like, go in. Is Glenn underwater uh -oh. or is it just me? Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. Definitely went snorkeling. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get started and Glenn will just jump in. I am taking over for this hour. Danielle, thank you so much. That was so good. And actually, I don't want to just jump into another segment. If you guys don't mind, I love to take pause and really dive a little bit into what um, Danielle Delgado just really spoke so eloquently about and really poured into us. Um, so I'd like to take a, some time. If you guys want to flash your mics, I can tell you the two things that really are hitting home for me right now. Um, but I want to flash your mics. If there was something that she said that you want to um, dive into and just, you know, in under two minutes, share your, share what your takeaway is. I hear somebody. Well, somebody's walking around uh, Dale. Oh, that's me. Hey. Hey, Dale. Welcome to the stage. In under two minutes, I'd love for you to dive into anything that really is landed with you today. Cheers, Barbara. I only need one. I just want to say that tenacity, that really shook my foundations. Why? 
because it just motivated me to realize actually Dale you're doing loads but you could do more so what that amazing lady made me do was call during this conversation call five schools which I was actually really scared of call five schools to get in there and host an event and I've managed to secure three out of five so yay cheers Danielle appreciate you yes God, that is awesome. And that's why we show up here is just to take these things and to totally take action. Glenn, I see your back. I'm not sure if you're swimming uh, right now or <laughs> if you want to jump in. Go ahead. I, I, I am out here. I'm actually walking around my <laughs> pond. I've got a two acre pond out here. And so I'm walking around the pond. Apparently I lost signal there for a second, uh, which goes back to Danelle, by the way. It's Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, Danelle. And I'm walking around the pond, making sure my kids have float tubes, which is not something I would have been doing prior to meeting Danelle. Uh, prior to meeting Danelle, I spent most of my days uh, enclosed in a building that I loved, uh, a place that I loved to, to work with people that I loved, uh, but my family, I, I was sacrificing my family for that love. And Danelle helped me to see that there's a way to do both. There's a way to, to have an incredible, incredibly successful uh, life at home and in business. And so thank you for that, Danelle. But Barbara, I loved where you were going. Is Chris and Jen, are they here? No, I'm taking over for them today. Oh, okay, perfect. So I would love it if some people could give some uh, some more takeaways from what Danelle just shared. That'd be great. Yeah, who wants to jump in? I'm a big fan of doing this, giving some opportunity to just dive in a little bit deeper. Who, Flat Coach Isaacs, go for it. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, Danelle, thank you for that. Um, the the goal, the next big goal, that one was big for me. And uh, when you talked about um, following three heroes and then following another three and another three, well, I I started doing that, but you made me up my game because I just started with one and I kind of selected this guy as a mentor, but three is better than one, right? So I'm going to go ahead and up up that game right there. So those are my two takeaways, the, the next big goal and following three heroes. Ooh, I love that too. Thanks for sharing that. That was one of the two of my main takeaways was aligning yourself with heroes and being persistent or um, as Danelle said, having that tenacity and not giving up to find your space and your rhythm with somebody who really inspires you. <clears throat> I have a quick story about when my son was much younger, he's now 15, when he was an infant, he was really struggling medically and I read a book and it really changed my mindset on how to help him heal and um, start thriving. And I was obsessed with this author who was up in Rhinebeck, New York. So I just kept calling the practice. They're like, he's got a two-year waiting list. He's got a two-year waiting list. And I was like, yeah, but I'm his ideal patient. I have his ideal patient. And they were like, well, we, and I'm like, I'm sure you guys get cancellations. And they're like, yeah, you know, we have a waiting list and cancellations. I called every day. And one day, about three weeks into my, um, you know, into my calling, they were like, you know what? We just got a cancellation. Can you be here in 24 hours? Oh, a mama on a mission. Yes, I can be there in 24 hours. So I think Danelle made such a good point in finding your heroes, people that can really help you, serve you, um, that you really align with, but also being tenacious is so important. And then finding your space within their 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 circle is um is so good. That was I really enjoyed that. Who else? Go ahead and flash your mics. Sarah McCord, I'd love to hear from you. Hi, Barbara. It's so nice to see you this morning. Hi, Danelle. Hi, everyone. 
So uh, one of the things that really stood out to me um, was, Danelle, when you were speaking about how um, successful people, and Glenn, you hit on this as well, are smiling, are happy, are joyful in what they do. Because I think that there's such a culture of like the struggle and the pain and the grit, and that's there, right? That's part of it. But it's so powerful, um, I think, when people are kind of saying that it's not like um, it's not like you flip a switch. It's not like it's all pain and struggle and terrible. And then like suddenly you're successful and it all evaporates, but that the journey, there can be joy on the journey as well. There's not just struggle on the journey. There's also joy and that's going to help you be successful. So I appreciated that. This is Sarah. I'm done speaking. Oh, I, I feel that too. I, uh, that one was so good. Did anybody else want to dive into that? And thanks Sarah for jumping in. I just wanted to say real quick. Sarah, can you believe Danelle's going to be in New York with us? <laughs> I'm so, so, so excited. I can't wait. And I keep saying I've never heard anyone speak of anyone how Glenn speaks of Danelle. So, Danelle, I'm already a super fan, and I cannot wait to meet you. The Listening and Beyond Summit is the end of July. Glenn, now you've piqued everyone's interest, knowing that Danelle's going to be there, Sarah's going to be there, Amelia's going to be there, Molly, so many great people. You want to just throw out the dates because we got some new people in this audience. July 29th and 30th in the wonderful and great New York City. We will all be there for the Listening and Beyond Summit. You can go to listeningandbeyond.com for more details on it. It's going to be absolutely spectacular. The names that you just named off are three of many that will be in attendance, and we hope to see you all there. Oh, my word. You better be there. If I'm going to be there, New York's my favorite. Just saying. Glenn and I are probably going to tear up the town, so that's going to be fun. We are. <laughs> and Danelle, I'm planning a party for you and Mr. Glenn, so hang on tight there, girl. What? I love a party. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun up here in the Northeast. I'm a New York, New Jersey girl. I'm actually at the Jersey Shore right now. So I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be an amazing event. You know, I want to dive in this next hour and really engage in conversation about um, gratitude and the magic that it manifests. Gratitude and the magic it manifests and how I always listen to Laura Wilde. I'm a huge super fan of her and she talks about vibrations and how you elevate yourself to a higher frequency. And what really sat with me is somebody asked me a question recently and they said, what kind of advice would you give to your 20 year old self? And right away, coming off of that conversation with Laura, if I could have told my 20-year-old self, Barbara, find gratitude and grace in all the good in your life and stop looking at the negative, I know it would have elevated my vibration, the people that I brought into my life, the energy that I attracted into my life, the opportunity. But I would say that I really struggled because I was so fixated on all that I didn't have. I was kicking rocks, I was frustrated, and I blamed external factors for all of the things that weren't going right. You know, why I wasn't in shape, why I was always working all the time, why I was over, always tired. When we talk about gratitude and the magic it manifests, it really does change the trajectory of our life. And the reason I, you know, wish my 20-year-old self would have had that that moment of grace is I just look at myself in that space 
just like going uphill. I was running uphill with like a big old backpack full of rocks. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I aspired for, but I wasted a lot of time and a lot of energy on being, you know, envious or comparison is the thief of joy. I compared myself to everybody else. I grew up in a very affluent community with a family that had very little. And that vibration and that energy just was a bag of bricks on my back that slowed me down. I was very aspirational. I knew I wanted to do well. I knew I wanted to take care of my brother, but I know in retrospect, I was swimming upstream with that lack of grace and gratitude. Laura Wild, I'm talking about you while you're not here because I worship everything you talk she's about getting into that flow state. So bring her up. She's my girl. Um, and how much that conversation has really impacted me because I know that I have changed as you know, as an adult, and I do, I will share with you, and I hope that this opens up conversation and dialogue in the space of magic and gratitude. I did swim upstream. I did figure it out. I found like-minded individuals. I built a sales company in my 20s that everybody told me I was crazy to do, but I was in an environment with very ambitious people, with real thought leaders that were going to take this startup company and scale it across the United States. So I knew I had put myself in an environment to win, but people moved ahead of me faster because they had a better attitude. And while I was kicking rocks and feeling sorry for myself at times, they were like gunning for it. Now I've changed a lot from, from that point to where I am today. And I'm so grateful for it, but I know that there are people that are listening right now that just heard Danelle and are hearing me that are still stuck in a space of kicking rocks, feeling sorry for themselves and unable to get out of their own way to change the conversation in their head to gratitude. So I'm first throwing myself under the bus and I'm then I'm going to say, these are the things that have really worked for me in changing my perspective. I have found gratitude for even the most difficult things in my life. I am so great. The most difficult thing I've been through recently. Now, a lot of you guys are going to think cancer was pretty tough. Um, chemo is no joke for sure. And I definitely have a lot of grace for the experience because I'm such a better person. I had so many breakthroughs in chemo that I talk about all the time, but I've also had a lot of breakthroughs. The hardest thing I've been through in the last five years has been my divorce and the battle that I had to wage in a arena that I had no business being in. Turns out I'm not good at two things. Um, I'm not really good at chemo and I'm not really good at divorce because I have no experience and I have no chops and I have no interest in becoming proficient in either one of those realms. However, there were two arenas that I had to enter in and I had to build some muscles pretty quickly. But what I really have grace for in my divorce is I learned so much about myself. I learned how to stand tall in the pocket I learned how to not be afraid of the legal system. I learned to not give up and I realized how damn tough I am. And I step into such power because of that, that experience. You know, listen, I have a lot of, I've, I'm impressed with my husband's attorneys. They, he hired Tom Cruise's attorneys. They were no, no joke. I would read emails and I was like, woo, damn, that was good. And then I'd be like, they were about me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, whoa, that, that like cuts to the quick. But, you know, I was able to step outside it and realize that I was in an arena. I was in a business and I had to get tough and I had to put on my gladiator, my gladiator uniform. And now I step out into this, these new arenas and I'm like, I am one tough SOB. There ain't nothing. No, and there, I feel like David Goggins. I have something going on right now. I'm like, you can go ahead and come at me. But I already had Tom Cruise's come at me. Tom Cruise's attorneys come at me. You can't hurt me. I do. I keep saying that. I'm like, you're coming after David Goggins here because I'm a whole nother level of person. So the reason I share this is because I've really found grace, gratitude for some of the most difficult things in my life. And because I have, and I can laugh about it and elevate from it, I know that I vibrate at a higher level. And I know that I'm here and I'm so honored to be in Breakfast with Champions with so many amazing people on stage, Sharon Lecter, Danelle, Amelia, Glenn, my partner in crime, Alpha Six, and I get to listen to Laura, you know, a doc, I mean, I just, everybody on the stage, Goggins, Majeski, <laughs> Alpha Six just texted me, you know it. And, you know, I, I know it's because I really feel that I've elevated my frequency in my life only through the difficulties I've been through and the understanding that they have not made me bitter, they have made me better. And just like a muscle, resilience, gratitude, all of it is a muscle. It first has to be broken down before it can be built back up. That's the only way you get stronger. You don't go to the gym and lift 10 pound weights from here to eternity and think your muscles are going to grow. They're not. They're going to stay exactly the same. You have to challenge your muscles and physiologically, you have to actually break down those muscle fibers, those tissues. You actually break them down. So when they build back, they build back stronger. I feel like a political ad, but I'm not. So that's what I'm sharing is finding grace and gratitude and understanding that they all are there to serve us, to bring us to a higher frequency if we allow it to. And there's too many people, including myself during my 20s, that stay in a space of kicking rocks, feeling sorry for ourselves and not able to get out of our own way. And I talk about that all the time. And then I want to open this up about gratitude and coming to a higher vibration, whether it's um, Laura, Amelia, Alpha, I'd love for, love to hear from you guys. Um, I, you know, I am running a masterclass because everybody has asked me for it and I'm super excited. I'm doing it one time. It'll be live. It'll be a live masterclass. And I am talking about getting out of your own way, living your best life and optimizing your potential. All stuff I really, really love discussing, diving into, and I've had enough transformation to fill several books about the importance of the dialogue between your head, journal writing, and all the good stuff. So if you're interested in that, please just DM me masterclass. Um, I'll have my assistant get it back to you. It's going to be amazing fun, and you'll get to see me in person. And maybe you'll see that I don't always live in a red dress, uh, but maybe I will. Who knows? Who knows? Alpha 6, Laura, Amelia, I'd love to hear um, what you have to say about gratitude or anything that you took away from Danelle's conversation over the last hour. I'll go first. God, Thanks, Majeski. <laughs> you can't hurt me. You can't, can't hurt, hurt me. That. Hey, I, I love it. You know, a lot of people don't get Goggins, but Goggins literally said he had to create Goggins because David Goggins was weak and afraid and all of these things. But first, he sat in the dark with that and faced it and said, you know what? I am some of these things these people this so-called haters were saying, sometimes haters aren't really hating. They're just telling you what you don't want to hear. 
And part of being grateful is even being grateful for that. Being grateful for the stuff you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. Because without hearing that, you won't actually change. You'll keep uh, fluffing it up, right? You have people who, the minute you start telling them, I messed up, they say, no, you didn't mess up, man, you're great. No, 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 no. I messed up in real life. And now I can do something about it because I stayed with it long enough to fill it, to get the gut punch, and then hit the floor, pound the mat, and get back up ready to fight. You know, when I, when I was talking to uh, Sugar Shane Mosley, he said, that's what you think about on the mat if you're a champion. You're looking at the lights, the referee's counting. You could have got up two seconds ago, but you're saying, what knocked me out? What did they do? And how am I going to stop it next time? And how am I going to make them pay for the, for the idea? Like, like Muhammad Ali said, if you've been dreaming about me, you better wake up and apologize. Because it's, it's just that mindset that I'm not going to lose this fight. I'm going to figure out why you did this or how you did this, and I'm going to make you pay for it. But sometimes the person that knocked you out is you. So if I can go back in time and talk to 20-year-old me, I say, you know what, man? Be 100% you. There's no 110. There's no 112. None of that crazy stuff. Just be all the way you. The skills and the knowledge will come in due time. In due time. But go ahead and be him now. Don't fake the funk. Don't pretend. Don't act as if. Be as you are. And I guarantee you, man, you're going to meet some legends along the way. But eventually, you will be a legend, too. Mm. Until then... But until then, right, you're going to keep on standing next to, you're going to be happy to be here. Oh, look who I'm standing next to. Look who I'm standing next to. Say, why are you always standing next to legends? Maybe you're a legend. Until you realize it, you'll be happy to be here. Back to you, Babs. Ooh, that is so good. He had to create Goggins. And I liked that you went also back to the advice that you would give to your 20-year-old self. Um, Amelia, I'd love to hear from you. It was such a great alpha that was dead on. I love it. And I'm a so big good. Goggins fan, huge Goggins fan that, that, that I've listened to his podcast and, and that book uh, on tape several, several different times and always pick up something for him. So if you haven't uh, listened to his work, it's a, a must do. I think for me, I, what I picked up the most is unanswered prayers. You know, sometimes we get so rooted in what we think we want um, and it's that constant feeding of information when she talked about, um, you know, reading at night and putting that new content in your head. For me, I look back about the things I thought I wanted and life did not lead me that way. And just on the other side of that unanswered prayer was something bigger than I ever even imagined. And so every time I'm trying to charge hard, putting that square peg in the round hole. I like to say just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, there's always been God has had a plan bigger than what I could see at the moment. So having that ability to kind of look up, see who's around me, to see if the content that's being fed in my brain are from those legends, from those people that are in front of me so that I kind of push and persist on. And so unanswered prayers are something that I keep in my office on my, um, I have a dream wall um, on my, in like a big master bucket list that's behind me um, that has all of my team's uh, wishes and desires and, and greatest uh, gifts. I just added uh, Glenn's onto my wall. I heard him this morning shout out about the 3 million mark. So I just put that up on our dream wall. Um, and so, I, I think for us, that is something that has to be pursued um, with big intention to to hunt down the people 
that have already done what we're trying to do so that that content pushes us so far out of our comfort zone. I know for me, every time I've gone to the next level, it is because I stalked somebody to say, I need what's in your brain so that I can become the best Amelia I can be. So um, thank you for that, Barbara, Alpha Six, you're the rock. And Danelle, thank you for the motivation. So good. And that's right. Unanswered prayers. And knowing that God has a bigger plan, I can really speak to that as well. Just going through anything difficult and we're all, we hear the word surrender, surrender and know that the universe has your back. The universe is conspiring in your favor. And sometimes you're like, huh? Like, <laughs> this isn't, huh? I asked for this and I got that. And you're kind of like, I, I'm really lost in the sauce of what what is the lesson here? This is like getting really down and dirty. And, you know, when you say that, Amelia, God has a bigger plan and it is, it's about surrender. And I remember reading in some of my more difficult chapters of life and experience going, I have no other choice but to surrender some more and give it up to faith. And whatever faith speaks to you in this room, it's it's irrelevant. It's just that level of understanding that there is something, there is a bigger plan out, out there for you. Um, Laura, I'd love to just throw the ball to you because I'm a super fan and uh, you always have a lot to say in the space. Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much. And, you know, I was going to, I had to check out and I was going to come back and I decided to come back all of a sudden, right at the moment when I heard you say, Laura Wilde. So I told Alpha, I said, y'all can't talk about me because I'll feel it. <laughs> so thank you, Barbara. And ever, like Danelle was introduced to me through Glenn's show. So uh, how lucky are we that we get to know each other, that I get to hear your magic. So for me, I love what you said, Amelia, about stalking someone and getting what's in their brain. So I've been stalking uh, David Spisak a little bit. And he said to me, he said, you cannot possibly understand what you're capable of right now. You have no idea what your actual, you know, end result can be or your next level is. And I agreed with that because I think we all have perceived potential versus our actual potential. So our little minds keep us stuck in the perceived potential. So this month and maybe all summer, my focus is to get past my perceived potential and open up the world so that I could be a bigger service is to be immersed in gratitude at that macro gratitude level. And I talked about that the other day, how if I can be in a state of macro gratitude, my whole body feels it. It's a mind, body, spirit. It's an experience, a vibration, a frequency, because I really, truly have seen in the last couple of months, I mean, cl Clubhouse has helped me up level a lot. I've seen that the comfort zone really has become my danger zone. And it's almost like, wow, my comfort zone now terrifies me more than the next level. And that's a good thing. So being in macro gratitude is helping me by feeling immersed and, and knowing that there's so much more for me and just letting gratitude ooze over me instead of being in micro gratitude where it's just words. I am grateful for this. I actually let myself feel it completely 100% from my head to my toes and in my entire beingness. So thanks, Barbara, for letting me speak. Mm. See, I'm just going to have to speak you into existence on every stage that I talk on. That is so good, Laura. I'm so grateful for you and the fact that our paths have crossed. Sharon Lecter, I saw, your, I saw you on mic. I'd love to see if you'd like to contribute. And Barbara, I'd like to be added to the queue as well. Bernita. Yeah, you know what? Um, I don't see Sharon on miking. Ver Vernita, go. Oh, Sharon, go, go for it. And then Vernita. Good morning, everybody. Yes, you caught me just as I finished my morning walk. So I'm going to be a little breathy here. Um, you know, grat the base of gratitude, I think, is always in gratitude and grace. And that is 
to be find the, the grace in every situation. Sometimes it's more difficult than others. Um, we, all, we all go through things that stop us in our tracks and we can stay stopped or we can choose to realize that we're still here for a reason and whatever we've gone through um, allows us to help others that are going through it as well. And so elevate yourself to the fact that you have grown through the experience. You have the opportunity to help others going through it. And that's where the grace comes in to understand that life has happened for you, even though sometimes it feels like you've been the, the victim, you turn it into becoming the victor so that you can help others. And, you know, with that grace comes wisdom and, you know, understanding that there's, there's an overall plan for all of us. Sometimes we don't agree with it, but if we can accept the fact that we live in gratitude and that we have things that stop us and that prepare us for the next stage. And sometimes that's what it, why it happens, is to stop you from continuing to pursue one path to realize that there's another path better for you where success is going to be exponentially better for you. And um, for those of us that are true control freaks, that's sometimes not easy to do. And <laughs> you end up having to wallow in the fact that you're not the one in the driver's seat all the time. But then you determine, well, maybe maybe I need to be in that limo and let somebody else drive because the destination is where I want to be. And then that's all I have to say. Thank you. I love that, Sharon. And I love the the visual of sitting in the back of the, lim the limousine and letting somebody else drive. Sharon, I think you just released a book this week. Did you? Thank uh, you so much. It's yeah. I'm here. Yes. I, it's called Exit Rich. Um, it's actually releasing next week, but you can get a copy of it today if you go to exitrichbook.com forward slash buy, B-U-I, exitrichbook.com forward slash buy. Too many of us own a job, not a business. So I'm taking all of my many, many, too many years to admit experience and with my co-author, business broker, and showing you how to build that strength in your business so that it becomes an economic engine and an asset that can provide for you and your family. So thanks for bringing that up. Yes, I'd love it. Anybody that uh, buys 10 copies for their masterminds or their groups gets a gift certificate to my ranch, cherrycreeklodge.com. So exarichbook.com forward slash buy. Well, then I'm buying 10 books today because I want a ticket to that ranch for sure. And Sharon knows what she's talking about. So thank you for sharing that. I'm looking forward to, to reading it and diving in. I'm grateful also that our paths have crossed here, Sharon. You're a real, uh, you know your stuff, girl. Very, very grateful. Um, oh, Vernita. Vernita, you're up, girl. All right. Thank you, Barbara. Hey, everyone. Bernita Adele here, um, chiming back in. And, uh, you know, I cannot stay away from a conversation about gratitude. Um, appreciate everything just said. And with the last thing that uh, Sharon just said made me think of, um, you know, really the word life changing is what I'm going to use as I talk about gratitude this morning, because um, when I realized the difference between owning a job versus owning a business, that was a life changing moment. And uh, everything, all of the kind of trials, tribulations, mistakes, missteps, one step forward, two step backwards along the way to 
having that revelation along with any other revelation in the world, all of it has been worth it because it's a part of my unique journey and unique path. And so uh, when I say what I like to offer to the room or add to the conversation around, for me, gratitude is life changing. Practicing gratitude is life changing. It is not something that I see as optional. It is absolutely required and imperative if I'm going to fully step into my greatness, if we are to mm -hmm. fully manifest all that is meant for us to attract all of the positive and good in our lives, I have to first start with practicing gratitude right here in this moment right now. Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean Paul Gidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnader. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We got a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I want to open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. And when there has been a time in my life where I didn't believe that I could move forward or where I felt stuck, or I even didn't want to you know, get out of bed, it really started with practicing gratitude. It can start with one thing a day, and then it can be three, it can be 10. Um, I'm grateful for everything that Danelle brought to the room today uh, that led to this conversation around uh, gratitude. Because uh, for anyone out there, just like if it, who is having a hard time uh, taking the net next step four or just putting one foot in front of the other each day I, I i implore each of us to practice gratitude a day at a time again it can be one thing it could be 10 days uh, 10 things small big whatever comes to mind but there is something always to be grateful for i'm grateful for the breath in my lungs this morning um i'm grateful to be in my right mind and uh, yeah, practicing gratitude. Uh, I, I will leave it there for now. I actually just posted my weekly uh, gratitude Tuesdays on my social. And uh, I, it's, it's something that I really encourage everyone to do. Rather, it's a gratitude list or in your mind. Uh, gratitude is life changing. Vernita Dunn speaking for the moment. Thanks, Vernita. I appreciate that. And I think we can all agree it just brings us to a higher place. And just like Sharon said, you know, things are not happening to us as much as they're happening for us. But I will say what we all collectively struggle with is in that moment, it is very hard. And when you're knee deep in the trenches, the darkness, the hurt, the pain, the suffering, you're like, this is happening for me. You know, I can remember being at the end of like the chemo just was wrecking me and I could not get my brain. I thought my brain was never coming back. That was the scariest part. Um, well, maybe the scariest part was leaving my three children. 
the second scariest part was surviving and then not being myself, like just coming out the other side with, you know, two or three brain cells left because I couldn't focus. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't. And I just remember like, why would somebody do this to me? I have so much more left in my tank. I am a a good person. And I had literally stage three colon cancer. I ran the New York City Marathon twice. And when they gave me this diagnosis, I was like, yeah, no, mm -mm. you can go ahead and recheck that. You see the part where I ran the New York City Marathon twice? How about you go ahead and you guys cancel out the stage? Age three, make it a two because I did the marathon. Or how about this? I'm I did a triathlon because the day before my friend calls me. She's like, I think we should do the Stone Harbor Triathlon tomorrow because it's out our front door. And I was like, Well, I don't have a bike. She goes, I'm at the bike shop. We're the same, we're we're the same height. I'm getting you a bike. I'm like, Can you put that on your little chart as you, you know, give say that it's in my lymph nodes and tell my lymph nodes that they're wrong? because I don't have time to be um, a cancer patient because I'm a healthy person and I don't identify with this. And I just, as I was going through it and it was getting harder and harder and not easier, chemo doesn't get easier, chemo gets worse. I'm thinking, why is this happening to me? And my marriage was on the was on, was honestly down the toilet, and I was on the bathroom floor, just in the fetal position, like in complete crisis. And now, as I look back, the breakthroughs that I went through, understanding, like just being myself and not allowing the voices of self doubt and fear m- move myself through. I realized all these things that held me back and begged for a second shot, begged, just get me off this bathroom floor. I will no longer. Play small. I will go big. And I will, if I would rather fail trying than fail to try, just get me out of this cancer thing. But you know, Vernita, I think you'll, this will resonate with you too. It's just in the moment you're like, I don't get, I don't want to learn this. (laughs) I'm not interested in the lesson right now. If you could just go ahead and we can skip this chapter um, and just give me the cliff note version of this. I will go ahead and take that for uh, a thousand, Alex, like you will, <laughs> you will want to buy yourself, cheat yourself out of the darkness, but you have to go through it. You have to grow through what you go through. And I can share this because we're talking about gratitude. When my days are tough and we cannot avoid tough days, I'm always grateful I'm not in, in an infusion suite. I will tell you that right now. I always am like, well, things could be worse. You could be in an infusion suite. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Let's keep, let's, let's keep, you know, vibing at a high level. That doesn't mean I don't take a knee at times. It doesn't mean I don't kick rocks at times, but it does mean that I recalibrate to gratitude and just what Sharon said, I'm still here for a reason. We're all still here for a reason. And none of us are here for a long time, but we should be here for a good time. And we got to get out of our own way and start living our best life and recognizing the conversations that we have in our head and redirect it through gratitude, grace, and really, um, you know, recalibrating our minds. And that's what, you know, Breakfast with Champions is all about. Um, guys, I'm Barbara Majeski. I'm in the red dress in the top row. I just want to take a second to reset. We are really reviewing all that we shared this morning, which was, in. So we touched on so many great things. Um, I'm actually an on-air television personality. I do all your favorite, <laughs> I think they're your favorite. I don't know. All your favorite programs like um, Fourth of July, Super Bowl segments, I'm, you know, on the Today Show Inside Edition and, uh, you know, a lot of programs across the U.S. And I absolutely love it. Um, But I'm here on Breakfast with Champions because I love 
talking about how I launched that career in my 40s, helping other people get out of their own way, live their best life, and optimize their potential. Um, I'm so grateful for Glenn. This is his club. So don't forget to follow Breakfast with Champions, that little green bo- that little green house above Scott's head to the um to the right of me, if you're looking at the the screen. And uh, this morning, it's all about the Millionaires Breakfast Club. We are in the space of, um, ooh, you know what? We're, we're in the space of gratitude. And I want to move this conversation. Um, so please follow Glenn, all the speakers here on the stage, and all the moderators. Um, I want to, Amelia sent me something so great this morning, and I want to dive into it, Amelia. It was the second thing you said to me. Um, and I think Bill Gates said it. Um, happiness and time are not for sale. Happiness and time are not for sale. You cannot, I see all these people doing all the things and you got to look at them and be like, do they get 25 hours in a day? Because I only got 24 and I wonder if they can, can I buy a little smidgy extra time? Actually, I'd rather buy energy than buy time. I don't know about anybody else on here. You know, all of a sudden around 3.30, if I don't get 72 cups of coffee, my engine runs out. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, Amelia, let's dive into that. What are your thoughts? You sent that over to me. Happiness and time are not for sale when let's talk about it. Yeah. So, um, first, first of all, thank you. Um, so one of the most, um, I guess, humiliating and powerful, uh, mentor moments that I had, uh, was with Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. And they asked for me to prep by sharing complete access to my calendar, everything that I spent time on and with a black Sharpie, basically just wiped through, like cross off, cross off, cross off, cross off, cross off, of where I was not intentionally spending my time for my highest and best use. And when I watched, I'm telling you, seven minutes with people that are ahead of you can change the trajectory of your life if you're paying attention. And they left me with happiness and time are not for sale. Take your calendar and come back with your homework. And I I left, I had nothing to say. I was just like, I thought I was so smart. I thought I was so organized. I thought I was so on the right track. And I was just cut off at the knees in seven minutes. And I like to share that lesson over and over again, because as business owners, people who are trying to build a business, we have to go back to the basics all of the time and recalibrate and remember the things that are not for sale happiness and time are the only great equalizers for all of us. It doesn't matter how much money you are, you can't buy them. And so when you are investing your time with family and friends and our team and our goals and all the other stuff that creep right onto our calendar, we have to constantly be taking a look to make make sure that we're investing into the things that are really, really important to us. Glenn touched on it this morning when he said he was walking his lake. Right. One of his big things was he was chasing so hard he forgot to connect and plug in with the things that are the most important. And so I shared that with you this morning because I know that you have drilled home for me so many times when you speak about where am I putting my energy. Right. Because life will give you one whack of a lesson if you're not paying attention. Oh, that is so good. And what I'm hearing also is what you appreciate, appreciates, you know, what you're, you know, you had just touched on that. And the number seven, that's interesting. You know, 
<laughs> seven, uh, going into seven minutes. I remember reading something recently uh, from the Holderness family or what have you. And her advice was when you like, when you don't want, when you you're stuck in procrastination, um, I can't help be, but be triggered in a positive way of what she said. When you're stuck in procrastination, just set a seven minute timer and make yourself do it for seven minutes. If after seven minutes, you're just not in the zone or as Laura says, in the flow state, move on to something else until you are. But usually after seven minutes, you'll get into that flow state, whether it's journaling, running, um, meditating, uh, I don't know, all the things. And I think that's really great. I love that you shared that. So did you, you interviewed them, Amelia? Am I hearing that correctly? No, I did not interview them. Let me be clear. I was on the set for the documentary. Um, and again, it's just pure stalking. Good enough. Uh, right, pure, <laughs> pure stalking. Let me just be clear. There was not an open invitation. So let me just add clarity. I'm not at that level. Right. But I was like, listen, I am, I'm going to be tenacious as all get up. And so when you get close to those doors, you've got to go with fierce persistence. That's why I wanted to call out this morning to Dr. Rowe. Dr. Rowe, you know, has, has been persistent with me. Like I have been persistent with those mentors in my life. Right. And when you get those knowledge nuggets, you have to be vocal to then share them back. Right. So we work as a tribe here at Breakfast of Champions. So all information that we access is available to everybody at this table. Use the information and let it scale your life. And so I, that was something that I'm telling you, I, I, I left with my tail between my legs. Like I thought I was going to get a hurrah about how, how great I've been running my businesses. And I left and going, I left whoa. Oh, there was a hot mic. Sorry, yeah, sorry, hot, sorry. Hot mic. Right. And so, you know, when, when, I mean, that's the whole point of this table is to gather the content, gather the conversations, really get into the muck of stuff that allows us to elevate our thinking. It's not always comfortable, right? I will tell you that I didn't leave there in any shape or form comfortable, but I left there changed. I left there leaning in to who I was going to become to up my game. And so the first thing that I had to do when I came home from that experience was I had to figure out what am I removing, right? What are all the things that they crossed off that needed to be removed because there was something else or someone else who could be taking care of those activities or those activities were not aligned with my ultimate impact on this world. And so that inventory, that audit of self, those suckers are hard to do and you can't do them in a vacuum, right? You have to bring in somebody who can help you do your own audit, right? You can't do your own brain surgery. So if you're trying to make decisions solo or in a vacuum, thinking you're going to organize yourself or you're going to create yourself to the next level, you're lying to yourself. It's impossible to do your own audit. Oh, that is so Good. Oh, you know, it is. And when somebody gives you that feedback and you can absorb it, you can self-correct, you can self-correct, but having the ears and being able to take that audit and take that feedback, especially when it comes from a, what, from good intent, like, you know, when people have good intentions and bad intentions to serve you or hurt you, you know, when somebody comes at you with constructive criticism, what you do with it is on you. So having that audit 
when you can self-correct, you redirect. And that is a huge component because just even going back to the conversation that you have with yourself is the most important conversation you have every single day. And looking at things with gratitude and taking yourself to that higher vibration, that higher level frequency that'll bring in more abundance, more joy, more connectedness, better relationships. That is a that that's an audit. That's an audit. People can tell you that and give you that feedback. And, you know, for yourself, can you look at that and say, yeah, you know what, you know, my thoughts really suck. And what you think it becomes what there was a John, uh, John Afrit said it last night. Um, Oh God, I'm, it's getting lost on me, but, um, you know, your thoughts become things. That's what he said. Right. Am I wrong on that alpha six? Am I making that up? Your thoughts become things. Am I getting it right? Yeah, Babs. All right. Those three brain cells are firing strong today. Hey, Barbara. um, Yeah. Alpha six, jump in, please. So check this out, right? So Thursday, I'm at John's house, Asaraf, and he's standing out back overlooking like the whole ocean. And I'm like, Hey, he comes in and say, Hey, what's up, man? We walk out on the balcony. And it's all pleasant and beautiful. He shows me the gym. He's like, hey, that's the real vision board from The Secret. And after this grand tour, he sits down and proceeds to do a one-inch punch and kick me straight in the corners. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. Thanks. <laughs> not, not, a, not a literal one, but he he asked me a couple of questions, right? This, this coaching thing, like Amelia was just saying, awareness is the key to change. People want to skip awareness to go straight to change. Doesn't work that way, right? Uh, that's the moment in the dark. So he, he points out time, my time, and the way I'm using my time. And he says, I need you to become a miser with your time and write down not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it and how it uh, translates. Like in this amount of time, how much income did you make sitting on that stage? How much time did you spend over here and there? Boom. He said, you're going to be a miser with your time until you can afford to volunteer. Now, if you're standing next to other people, you're going to feel like you're a freaking Andre the Giant. So that tricks you. Then you go stand next to Giant. John's pretty tall. Not that much taller than me, but then someone like John's going to say, uh-uh, I don't spend an ounce of my time that's not intentional. Not even a second. Right? So then you realize his moment across from you is very intentional, and he's not going to play games with you. He has no Mickey Mouse gloves, and it's not even to be hurtful. It's to be helpful. It's to be kind. Like Glenn says, clear is kind. It's very clear. So you show him your goals. He says, these aren't goals. There's there's no this, there's no that. And you get so tiny. Now you're counting electrons and protons and neutrons. And, and you're thinking, wow, I've been off track. Didn't even know it. Because the world around me would say, you're winning. Say, yeah, you're winning in comparison to what? That's not good perspective. You have this capacity. When he added up my time, I wasted. He said, you just lost half a million dollars in the last four months. When would now be a time to change that? I was like, well, thank you for kicking me in the corner. I appreciate it. Because now, (laughs) he says, now you got to go back and buy your time. Buy your time back. Meaning you don't get it back for free. That part is gone. Now you take this time and break it down so intentional that it doubles what you lost. How about that? And, and, if you're, and if no one's doing the math, you double that half a million you lost to a million, right? You don't get to go back and get the other one. I love what you said. Yeah, oh, go ahead, Amelia. 
Yeah. So, you know, so John Asper has been a long-term friend of mine. I, I, I've known him for about 17 years. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. And I had that same, I was just like deja vu. I had that same sit down with him 17 years ago. I was able to sit with him and his wife and it changed my relationship, my personal relationship based on watching their relationship. See, until you can witness, actually witness what a successful power couple looks like or witness a leader who's actually leading and and not only in their business, but into their life and parenthood and all those stuff, until you can actually see what it looks like up close and personal, you don't realize you're off track. And so when I started to get to know John and his work and really Maria, his wife, I realized I was in the wrong relationship. I was in a relationship that was never going to allow me to scale. And I had to make a major, major pivot. Um, And it was John's work who allowed me to understand how to redefine a relationship. So for me, I had to take an intimate relationship and become co-parents with my partner. And without his work, I would have never been able to transform the relationship in a healthy way. One of my greatest successes that I talk about is that I am best friends with my ex-husband and we co-parent beautifully. But that is contingent on the work that I learned from John and his wife, because I didn't have the skill sets of what a healthy power couple looked like. I didn't know how it showed up. I didn't know how it showed up with money. I didn't know how it showed up with time. I didn't know how it showed up in business. I didn't know how it showed showed up in parenthood. I had to see it demonstrated in order to incorporate those lessons. And so that same sit down that I had in his backyard, which is beautiful, by the way, changed how I was going to have the standard now set for my personal relationship. Now, spin forward all these years later, I now have that same power couple relationship, but I would never have gotten here if it wasn't for John. I I want to be invited to John's backyard. <laughs> that, that's impressive. And Alpha Six sent me pictures. That is really, that's so inspiring. I love hearing that you have this great relationship uh, with your children's father. Um, that for me, that's very aspirational. That's on, uh, it's on my list. So thank you so much for sharing that, Amelia. Um, we're all big fans of John and he hosts a room every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Coast time. And it is a powerhouse room. If you guys are ever interested, um, I highly, would you agree, Alpha Six, Amelia, that that room last night was amazing. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. It's amazing. Entire time. So good, guys. Flash your mics. We only have six minutes left. I want to keep this conversation going, and I don't want to limit anybody's opportunity to contribute. Yes, I hear a voice. Where is that? Doctor Connor here. Can you hear me? Yes, Doctor Connor. Just need you to keep it under two minutes, only because we have yeah. six minutes left. <laughs> Absolutely, no problem. Yeah, it's one of the things you used interchangeably, interchangeably there, two words, was, is gratitude and grace. And I love the way you do that because 
in our native language here in Ireland, it's called Gaelic or Gwelge. We have this word called Gra, G-R-A, and there's a kind of a, it's like an umlaut in the German language. It's a father, a little kind of line over the A. But G-R-A, of course, are the first three letters of gratitude. And, of course, G-R-A is the first three letters of grace. And we have this love towards attitude, gratitude, and, of course, grace. Again, loving grace. So I think that, you know, we talk about resonance and we think about, we talk about, like, having this kind of atmosphere around us, being grateful, having gratitude, that there's love in that as well. So I just wanted to pop that in. Hope it helps. And yes, mm, I asked a groom last night. <laughs> we love your we love your accent and uh, that is a great share thank you so much no who problem. else wants to jump in i want to jump in barbara this is winifred i'm way down there oh uh, yes i brought you up i'm a huge fan winifred thanks for jumping in and just keep it under two minutes so i can make sure we don't go overboard over time okay overboard, okay so overboard. i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of you so on sunday i was a zines party and um virtual and my children were visiting to stay with their dad. And I was, I told them how oh, Barbara is speaking. We have to listen to Barbara. I love her <laughs> wisdom. Her experience and my experience has been pretty similar. And uh, my daughter is in Princeton where you, where you live. And my daughter turns around and says, mom, you sent Barbara an essay on DM. And Barbara responds with just one word. You know, <laughs> and I looked at her, I said, God, you're too smart for yourself. But, I, but, you know, I'm just so grateful for my children. Uh, I lost six babies. I buried them before I had this, my two children, 21 in Stanford and um, and my daughter, Jessianne, in Princeton. So every time I, I'm down in the dorms, I just remember the gift of children. It's, for some people, it's so easy to have children. They don't understand that it's a miracle. Um, Glenn has like eight of them. My mom had eight. But for all the, all the people, it's really difficult to have a child and... For the child to you know leave and, and and grow up so every time i remember my children and just how god gave them to me and how persistent i was believing that i will have children despite the fact that i was actually carrying children still bed all all the gamut and burying them at, at a young age from 25 till my first child was born when i was um, um i think 32 so i'm just i'm just so grateful you know for my children so just practicing and being intentional, remembering that gift just just keeps me going, keeps me being persistent. I'm done sharing. Oh, thank you. And I can't wait to meet up with your daughter in Princeton when school finally uh, reopens. I'm really looking forward to that. And thank you for jumping in. Alpha Six and Amelia is falling in and out of the room. That's uh, <laughs> that sometimes happened to me. I just want to get some final words of all the things we, we just had so many great speakers this morning. Um, Alpha Six, let's bring it home on all the things that we can kind of take into our day from this morning. Yeah, you know, Barbara, I think the main thing is whenever you have someone who's at a level that you would like to be at in that area of life, let them tell you the truth, accept the truth, then work with the truth. Even if I want to get downtown San Diego now, if I put in an address that I wish I lived in, my first instruction would be wrong. It would tell me to turn right or left on the street. That's not in front of me. And in the same way, if you only allow yourself to do what you think you should do, where well, your level of thinking got you where you are now, and it won't get you where you're trying to go. So you need someone else who can see you outside of you in a more objective way, and then just run with it. Like, even if you don't understand, just do what they say 
it works already. That's the, that's the question you have to ask yourself. Does it work? Okay, then work it. Because if you don't work it, it won't work for you. But it doesn't mean it doesn't work. Back to you, Barbara. I love it. The Barbara, you're having the master class, right? I, for you to take the time because that is what changes the trajectory. I'm, I'm so grateful. Thanks, Amelia. I really, I'm so looking forward to it because we're all on this app. We're connecting here. And I just decided, listen, we're going to take this off the app. I'm going to do it live. I'm talking about seven ways to get the hell out of your own way, start living your best life, optimizing your potential. If you guys are interested, just DM me masterclass. It's absolutely free. I'm doing it one time. Um, it's been, it's, it's landed with so many people just, and I think we're, we're all going to appreciate it. So thanks Amelia. I'm looking forward to seeing you on there. Um, guys, just DM me masterclass. You'll get all the information, all the fabulous stuff. Um, I am Barbara Majeski. This was Breakfast with Champions with Glenn Lundy. Glenn, if you want some closing words, I'll hand it back to you. Um, otherwise, you. I am in television. I close and start on time. But back to you, Glenn. No, you can keep. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for a great segment, for a great conversation. Uh, gratitude is everything. Another incredible six hours of Breakfast with Champions today unbelievable it just seems to get better and better and better and better so thank you all for joining us in this space of time uh, we are going to head over to the social media show uh, that's where we head next social media show TikTok tuesdays and ig reels is what it says is the uh, topic today so i'm going to head over there you should head over there with us if you are available to be here on the app a little while longer if you don't see that room in your hallway right now go ahead and follow me or barbara or any of the folks up here on the stage and i'm positive you will be able to see the room in your hallway at that point but that's where we're headed and uh yeah we'll be back again tomorrow morning 5 a.m do it all over again here on breakfast with champions barbara go ahead close this out as a pro like the pro that you are all right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here on Mike. Have a great Tuesday. And um, I'm going to close it in five. So say your, say your goodbye. Hey, wait, Jen, thank, you, thank, you. Thank, you. thank you, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you so much. Thank you, Apple Six. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Glenn Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.